This episode of Star Trek The Next Conversation is brought to you by the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum in Hollywood, California. Guys, if you're looking for something to do and it's in the evening, you know what you can do? After 5 p.m., you can buy one, get one free at the Ripley's Believe It or Not Auditorium. It's at Hollywood and Highland. It's the crossroads of entertainment. You all know that. I know that. Andy knows that. But Andy's not here right now because I'm in a hotel room with my wife recording this ad that I'm going to throw into a podcast that is going to go up in mere minutes. Believe it or not, this won't be in the museum, but there are other cool things in the museum. And if you want to buy one, get one free after 5 p.m., you can do so by going up to that counter and saying, hey, Star Trek The Next Conversation sent me here. They might look at you weird, but they're still going to give it to you. Buy one, get one after 5 p.m. at the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum in Hollywood, California. It's the auditorium at the Crossroads of Entertainment, Hollywood and Highland. Tell them Star Trek sent you. Well, the next conversation. Podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Hey everybody, it's the Star Trek podcast you love the most Star Trek The Next Conversation Andy's like why are you doing the ad man but what Andy doesn't know is he says nothing during the ad so I don't need him to record them did you already record the ad well no I mean I have like 40 that I could drop in there if I wanted to but I will happily record the ad but right now I just thought why not get into Star Trek this conversation (laughs) that's our new title (laughs) Star Trek this conversation yep here it is, everybody. Welcome. I hope you're excited to get uh, to I, I say get back into it. They don't know. There's been no break for them. Everything's very consistent. We had a, oh yeah, we recorded two last week, didn't we? Or two weeks ago? Yeah, yeah. We got to record the now, and then when I get back, because I got to go to Hawaii after the Boston trip for an actual vacation. Oh, nice. Where not to me? What? No, you're not excited. Don't like Hawaii. No what? offense, Hawaii. You're a lovely state. Is this a Dory decision? Oh, 130 percent. Well, that's nice of you. Yeah, <laughs> to endure going to one of the most beautiful places on earth. Eh, I just don't like flying five and a half hours for something I have right here. Five and a half hours. I just went four and a half hours plus a two-hour drive to Tulum. No Not one to asked mention, you to do that in Patagonia. That was I don't know. That was some crazy amount of time. Yeah, but you got to see glaciers i did get to see glaciers that's something and mountains i'm not gonna see that guys i climbed mountains i'm not gonna see mountains in hawaii and i will there's plenty of volcanic do you want to see mountains uh i just don't like the idea of like i don't like flying somewhere to get what i have here you know like i feel like if i really want to like go to the beach see some palm trees i can drive in my car and go to the beach and that see is some an interesting trees. thing i and did love i did love tulum but there is an aspect that it's kind of like eh, a little bit of, <laughs> <laughs> so 
Uh, oh, that was very loud. Um, so uh, that's I think sort of I where might I'm be at. a that's, little hot. That's where that. my head is. Uh, you know, they're probably both up a little bit. Okay. Recorded yesterday, uh, some some excellent yeah. adventures and whatever. And do you guys speak very quietly on that show? Um, you know, we just bring it up because we record late, and I just have to get the energy up from somewhere. You know, when you <laughs> never mind. I was about to ask you how to how to do a podcast question, but when you are getting like animated, do you hold the mic away from your face? Yeah, to modulated. Modulated. I've heard you use the word modulate before, yeah. and I actually was never sure what it meant <laughs> <laughs> in reference to this. Anyhow, um, but I do I do work with the audio after we record, Andy, to make it all similarly leveled. Okay. You so, do things. I'm going to have to learn all that. If I'm going to be a professional podcaster like some Matt posts. Myra. There's some post that goes into it. Uh, well, maybe that's all we'll have to do someday is just podcast. Would you like that? I wouldn't hate it. And I didn't mind it when I did I it really love the idea. I enjoy this podcast. I only do one, granted. I did it I'm for not, a year. I'm, I don't have a, a, a plague of viruses on my life like you do, of, uh, of um, podcasts on my life like you do. Yeah, I have. I'm recording tomorrow as well. And Which I leave one? leave Wednesday. Bonding? Now I'm going to go to Doughboys. What? So I'm going to go. Doughboys? That, those sons of bitches reached out to me and said they wanted to do something. And I was excited because I love Doughboys. Did you reach back out? I did. I had a whole conversation. With who? Nick? No. There you go. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> that is the problem. That's the magic right there. <laughs> it was Mitch. Is it Mitch or is it Nick? <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. Think of who probably actually follows through. <laughs> I tried to reach out to Nick. Booking. But uh, Nick probably wisely was just like, I can't get, I can't get into this second quicksand. <laughs> gotta, uh, God, I but wish, Mitch, I, I had wish. a long, thorough conversation with Mitch about where we were going to go. Uh, As a matter of fact, a great guest. one of our things was talking about going to White Castle in Vegas. And, uh, that sounds amazing. You should do yeah. that. Because um, I, I was trying to think, what are the East Coast places? Why are we pushing these people? They didn't even put me on their show. Screw them. Um, um, Doughboys is a great podcast. Listen. Uh, don't. Don't. No, listen. don't help them. Don't oh, listen to you it. You should just listen. Stop it. <laughs> they have great, great improvisers like it's a Paul Shear on there. It's a terrible, which we could Jason have on our Manzoukas. show. We're both. We're, like, I perform a show with. Hey, you know what? I never push my my improv shows. I perform um, soundtrack every Friday oh, at nine thirty. You know what? This is brought to us by uh, Ripley, so, so we already have our Friday nights booked. <laughs> this is free. This is a free plug. <laughs> And uh, once a month, I perform The Swarm uh, at 9 o'clock on first Saturday of every month at UCB Sunset. And the other one's at UCB Franklin. And uh, if, 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 you know, as uh, I'll speak for Andy, if you're going to choose one to go to, go to the Saturday one. That's the one he prefers. Uh, I don't prefer it, That's but a, it's he's my longer like, term plan. You know, this is the one I really feel like I fit like a warm leather glove in. <laughs> well, I've never used that terminology nope, in my life. No, doesn't fit anywhere in like that. Andy, <laughs> well, do you fit true. in anywhere? Well, that is certain. No, I do not. Well. I am... I am ill-fitting in every situation. Do you fit in at a Secunda Family Seder? How do you fit in there? I, there's as much conflict or more conflict at a Secunda Family Seder as there are in the rest of my life. Do you guys, uh, as, a, as, a, as the Secundas, do you guys thrive on conflict? Does it, do you think it powers the family dynamic? <laughs> well, when you say powers, do you mean it's inevitable? Or do you mean it keeps mean, us alive? Like, if you guys had a holiday together and uh-huh. there weren't there wasn't fighting would you all be like what's going on that's a fascinating question you know i think you'd all think maybe you know what a little off i do think that in the very rare occasions when there's not a massive argument 
I think we're all a little unsettled. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I think that is true. There you go. It's a little secunda. I would argue that I'm the one who has, and this this will make you laugh, Matt. Yeah, someone who's argued with me as much as you do, uh-huh. um, or has had as many I arguments. Try not to as many arguments as, as we have to. had. I think though. I am the one that handles and avoids arguments the best in my family. I can't. I cannot. <laughs> remotely think that's possible it's crazy isn't i it? would like to get your sister on the phone and ask her what she thinks about that you'll, you'll we, you we will be in an argument instantly because <laughs> i can't <laughs> you are crazy well i'm uh, eccentric Bo, stop licking Bo andy licking me. he's arguing can't, can't get enough matt yes. should these people watch. watch the price the current episode you know it's such a classic it's your classic Troy episode. Uh-huh. So, you know, if you're only going to get one in per season, then make this the one. Because, classic, you know... Classic you wanna, weird Troy you, episode? You want to be... Uh, I can't no, Siri, you got to stop. Because Siri's terrible, Who by said the way. Siri? No one did. Oh. That's the beauty of her. She's fucking terrible. If you have a HomePod, throw it out. Can we have Siri be a guest on the podcast? There will be no scheduling. Um, and uh, what was I saying? We could have Paul Shear anytime, guys. Anytime. We could call him. Okay. And it's just a matter of scheduling. Paul's very busy. Paul would do it. I'm busier than Paul. But you can tell me this guy's not going to be on a Star Trek podcast. He's obsessed with Next Generation. Uh, uh, listen, I, you know, Paul's a great great guy. Good friend. Don't need him on this podcast. We don't need anyone, Andy. We have each other. <laughs> he doesn't want anyone else to listen to this podcast except I, for you guys. No, I literally oh, no more. just don't want to make our lives any harder than they have to be. Ugh. Anyway, um, why don't we take a peek, Matthew? Oh, you didn't let me finish my sentence. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, you need to watch this episode if you're going to watch Voyager and want to find out where those Ferengi came from. There you go. Oh, right. Oh, Andy just put that together because he has seen Voyager. I forgot. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that's great. <laughs> oh, God bless you when there are, then there are legitimate callbacks. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Yeah. Oh, those, that's really is. <laughs> it's hilariously dark, that moment. I guess we'll get to it. But <laughs> it's just like, those guys are just screwed. Yeah. They're just completely screwed. They've cut themselves off from everything they know just by being proud. What a, what a, what a crazy moment of hubris. Just by being Ferengi. Ferengi. Go to iTunes, leave a five-star review, enjoy me. Matt. Oh, oh, I didn't. That's I, I, whatever this is, I like it. That's very strange. <laughs> why do you have, um, why do you have, uh, oh, oboe music wrong. sings? You're going to hear on one of the emails. Oh, I can't wait. That should be, that's a fun sting for anything that happens on this podcast. Um, uh, see what I did wrong. To enter the Admirals Club, everybody, all you have to do is leave a five star review on Apple Podcasts and you'll be welcomed into the Admirals Club. You Whatever your review is, go ahead. Oh, I'm just saying. I'll bring everybody in right now. Come on in, everybody. That's not the one. Every time. We were... I, I, secret. We started this in the Admirals Club. We just <laughs> so walked into the president's circle. last time we did this. <laughs> now, we must hang out in the president's are, circle all the time. We, are, we just should probably... We've got to walk back in. Oh, nice. Hold on. Oh boy! And then, well, you know what? Let's just go out to the hallway. All right. 
Okay, and now now let's enter the Admirals Club. I got to tell you, <laughs> the Admirals are all looking at us like we're jackasses, and I think we're disturbing. Oh, it's them again. <laughs> why, why do they keep doing that? I think they have a podcast. What Brian Harkins, who just uh, came into this lounge yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, Harkins. Not Harkness, although Hark- both are cool names. I've waited 30 years for this. An honest review of TNG. I've needed this since I sat watching Encounter at Farpoint in stunned silence. <laughs> it was either that or Cry when it premiered in 87. Two and a half years of hate watching before it became good. That's a lot of commitment, Brian, more than I had. Then great. Uh, I believe it was in Code of Honor when Matt said without prompting, this episode is terrible that I knew I found a home. <laughs> Um, the perfect next generation podcast from Doom Taco Wayne. My, Myra and Andrew Sikunda are hilarious and insightful. They need to start a Patreon so I can support them monthly without having to remember to do it. Yeah, that's a good point. That was you, wasn't it? Oh, I that I was the, that was the beginning of the episode. I had just had to queue it up. Uh, P.S. Proposed in front of Matt Myra to my now wife, so he always holds a special connection here. Oh, that is adorable. Has that happened a lot? Uh, it's happened a few times at various live Nerdist podcasts. Crazy. Those are diehard fans. We uh, encourage people to propose to each other. Were those the... If I we ever have a live that, show. What was the name again? Doom Taco Wayne. Well, that's not going to really help me. But His I name, think- I'm guessing, is... Wayne. Taco. His name is Taco. That's a improv Andy right there. He found the funny one and chose it. Is it Doom? Nah. Taco. Taco. <laughs> Crushed it by Johnny Va. Va? V-A-G-H? Yeah. Va? 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 Love the Va. show. Looking forward to the rest of season two and the future. Hoping to be a vice admiral. The rest of season two? This review is old. It is old. Andy, are you readmitting people into the Admirals Club? <laughs> this, this one was fairly recent, unless the the rundown of the things is... Oh, no, he wasn't sorting by new. No, I was sorting by new. Oh, no, he wasn't sorting by new. I can go into the tech reasons why oh, I was on this particular no, website. No, 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 I was no, going to no, another no, website. No, no, <laughs> Shut no, up. Oh, God, no. Oh, this is bad. This is bad. <laughs> it means bad. nothing. Fuck. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, no, Andy. <laughs> oh, is that a quote of somebody? Oh, God, oh, God. What is uh, that? That's just, uh, I don't know. <laughs> in my head it's from something maybe it's from this podcast you fucking asshole why can't our things be things no, that's I'm cool. going in the Jeffries oh, too oh god oh god it's from something alright somebody's gonna 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 going crazy anyway hoping to be vice admiral in the admirals club much better than a grand moff I think I've read this one before oh. <laughs> thanks for keeping me entertained while working in the wood shop what's through here oh that's an old buzzer Jesus Hang everything on. sounds so loud it's so, it's so, Jesus <laughs> you know, there was a there was a hail that I wasn't going to read, but I feel like I have to read it now. <laughs> um, no, what? That's, that's, just, that's just what I say. You just say no. I say no to your hails. Sure, I know you say no to them every week, buddy. Um, oh, I see. Um, I'm I've screwed up here. Uh, no, I haven't. There's yeah. no. I just left left you in the president in the admirals club. Oh no! Yeah, there is a presidents club. There's a presidents club intro that John Matthews sent us. Oh, so we don't have to hear the crazy door opening. It's or up to you. Do we go in? But after you go I already in, played it. We go in, and it's maybe it's already playing as soon as the doors enter. If, if we can time it out, and this is what it is. Hey, you're not. 
that's more fanfare than anything ever needed. <laughs> it's certainly that's a amazing. lot. That's, uh, that's amazing. It is a lot. That is fantastic. Thank you for sending that to us. That will never not be played now. You get into the president's circle by making a donation. I mean, Andy, I don't know if I really want to be in the president's circle. Uh, what kind of sound clip could entice me to really join? What kind of sound clip, you say? <laughs> yes. Well, it might be something that goes something like this. That's I kind of want something like that when I go on talk shows that announces me. That's joyful. Um, If I ever go on a talk show, are you going to be on besides mine? Sidekick. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Caitlin Brady sent us ten dollars and forty-seven cents and said, "Thanks for all you do, guys. This is my favorite podcast. Whenever I have wicked insomnia, I can count on you to put me to sleep." We did it. Don't worry. That's also what David Garcia, one of our one of our workmates, uh, does. Uh, don't worry, I always re-listen to whatever I miss in the morning. Andy, your voice is so soothing. You are the cinnamon roll of the podcast. Matt, you also have a voice. Ha <laughs> Secunda! Oh, no. Uh, I'll never be the do. same. Uh, Caitlin. Oh, uh, Craig Betts sent us $15. Wow, Craig. Uh, um, hang on a second. Craig, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Oh, I certainly appreciate it more than Andy does. Because oh, I don't lose things. You send us. Stop sucking up Oh, people. boy. You know what? You gave us so much money that you can input your own command codes into the show. As president, my first... Please input command codes. Uh, can you just turn down our listening to it? If not, you're not going to... Uh, as president, my first act is to demand replicated treats for acting ensigns Bo and Omar. Oh. That's our my cat and his dog. Bomar. Uh, Bomar. That's our celebrity dating we name. We should ship them. <laughs> that would not go well based on on, uh, on how Omar seems to react to other animals. Um, uh, also, the new, how is Bo with other dogs at this point? I mean, it depends on the context of of the other dog meeting scenario. Okay, he needs to he needs to be the a chill vibe around. And you know, Bo's good around. And if you don't have balls, he's he loves you. Does Bo have balls? No. Okay, that's why he uh, doesn't care for dogs that still have them. He's super jelly. Reasonable. Also, the neutral zone is now. I had a guy touch my balls today, Andy. Oh yeah, you went in for some IVF stuff. I sure did. And they just touch your balls. That's not how they only, solve it. Not only did that <laughs> you know what happen. you need? You need a little massage down there. Here so we I'm go. I'm telling him I think that I, my sperm count's low because I was fat for so long. And as I'm telling him this, I start to feel the chair buckle underneath me. And it's like sinking. And I'm like, have I just bent this man's chair that by leaning too far back in it? Comedically and perfect. For sure. 100% I did. But did I mention it to him? No. Did no. I just sit forward? Yes. Sure. Did my wife look at the chair and then look at me and then look at the chair? Yes. Oh, so you you spotted it, huh, Dory? Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had just had a day of, like, just really loathing, self-loathing day. He was so cranky. 
Was he? It was such a self. Yeah, I'm noticing a slight difference in tone right from when I came in. Most of these times when I come over since work ended, you've just been like a, a bowl full of sunshine. I'm very, you know, it's been a long day. In very comparison tired. to the I work. Left the house at 930 this morning. The work, uh, Myra. And uh, quite frankly, I'm just happy to be back. But also it was hilarious that I broke that doctor's chair. Did I tell him no? Does he have a... In his office, did he have a, every action figures of every Star Trek doctor? He did. Does he listen to the podcast? I don't think so. Matt, you should try and get a special deal. I Maybe can't he'll... listen to it. He can't listen to it now. I just I confessed to breaking his chair. <laughs> You'd probably be amused. Maybe the honey. Maybe the eleven hundred dollars I paid for the appointment was actually to replace the chair. Oh, there you go. It was a very expensive out-of-pocket appointment. Look, yeah, well, it's out-of-pocket. You definitely got to tell him you do a podcast, and then maybe he'll give you a special deal, hey, like a coupon hey, or something. Hey, hey, world's greatest male infertility doctor. Is do he, you is need he really more? Oh, wow, he's not on any plan, huh? No. Jeez. What is he going to be doing that's so different? I don't know. What I mean, is he? He really cupped him, you know? He what? Gave him he good, him? Just gave him a good like. <laughs> That's his prime ability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, to finish Craig Betts's uh, new decrees as as a new uh, president, um, he also says that the neutral zone is now the strike zone. Oh, yeah. Keep up the great work, guys. Craig from Florida. Oh, Craig, you're from Florida. Andrew Harkins. Oh, who also we just read. Wow, this is a good day for Andrew Harkins. <laughs> he also. Uh, oh no, that's Brian Harkins. Weird. I wonder if they're related. Oh Jesus! It's so now hear piercing. this, <laughs> Matt Myra to the uh, everybody on the ship. Uh, there Come are on. two Harkins today. Thank you. Uh, we got to stop that guy. <laughs> oh. We got to take that guy out of the the PA system. <laughs> I miss that noise. That's uh, you know you don't hear that noise in TNG that often. You it really probably don't. happens. Uh, I think probably three or four times throughout the series. But uh, I just wish you I, I wish you heard it more. Um, Andrew Harkins says it's been great rewatching episodes along with the podcast. Thanks, this podcast. Thanks. Um, very, very nice and succinct. And then Joshua Cohen, get a load of this, sent us forty seven dollars. Uh-huh. What a generous soul! Thank yes. you, Joshua Cohen. Um, and he says, "Hey, get the Patri- Patreon. What is wrong Patreon, with me? Patreon. Patreon going? <laughs> but consider saving yourself some hassle and skipping physical rewards. I've seen other people get totally destroyed even by something as simple as postcards. You guys were doing that for a while, weren't you? Yeah, you know what we were doing is I was making up a fact for every person that donated, mm-hmm. like a, a, a fact about them, and it was I dreaded." No, the yeah. recording of the podcast because I had to like sit and write one. I think one week I had to write 134 fucking. Oh my god! Thanks. I was like, I this is. Insane. Did you read them? Yes. You read 134 things. <laughs> That's insanity. It's, uh, bananas. The whole thing's bananas. And it was it, like because people could donate like a dollar, and I do it. You know. I was wondering if when we get maybe what we do if we once we get the patreon up and running is there's a there's a level that is the president circle and then we just read the list of names of the people well, there that would are, be yeah, yeah that would be a thing yeah if listeners are supporting you because they like your podcasting then reward them with more podcasting also i would enjoy seeing you stream or record a video of some star trek computer and video games most of which are weird and bad love shark carbuncle oh that's his that's his that's his uh his alias Sorry if I added you, Shart. Oh, no. Shart Carbuckle. Um, Matt, that's the, uh, that's the end of the... Uh, Hang on. I'm just punching some things into this computer here. 
<laughs> Sound effects crazy. Oh, today. I love it. I love it. I love it. Oh, we're leaving the we president circle. Leave, yeah. yeah. All right, guys. See you later. Oh boy! Oh boy! We should probably get out of the Admiral's those, Club. I tell you guys, people. those presidents are little high on themselves. Yeah. See you later. It's all politics and lobbying in there. And that was the Admiral's Club. That was the best timing of a cue you've ever done. Thank you. On this podcast, I had a lot of time. It was don't, a lot of door shit. Don't let anyone on. say I've never complimented you on this show. That is, that is certainly a first. Captain, we are being hailed. All right. We're opening up the hail bag. Our first is from Steve, who says, Hey, Matt and Andy, you said you needed a yawning, a Matt yawning theme. So I wrote you something short and sweet. I hope you find it useful. I know this is what I hear in my head every time Matt yawns. Oh, my God. I might do it. This might induce a yawn out of me. The show. I'm so glad you're back. Timba, his arms wide. Steve, Gidash. Matt, do you want to give us a yawn? I can't force a yawn. I think maybe the music will make it do it. Maybe okay. Well, you heard a little taste before. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I really enjoyed uh, it. This has been a good day for sound. Uh, we got more coming, friend. Well, um, actually, we may not. Uh, <laughs> I think that may be it. Uh, okay, and then we have a, uh, um, a uh, what do you call them, a voicemail. A voice hail voice hail it's called a voice mm-hmm, hail mm-hmm. um and you know the voice hails there's... we're being hailed sir audio only <laughs> um god damn it Secunda. I, can't, I can't wait to talk about what wharf today in this episode yep he well, has two moments but both are very impactful I'm trying to rem- well I guess you'll 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 remind me I'll you'll like remind everyone everyone um, okay, this one's from Tyler. Oh, wait, no. Nope, this one's not from Tyler. No, it is from Tyler, but uh, oh. okay, the wrong. Oh, man. This looks, sounds like Andy's messing up pretty bad over there. Yeah, I'm going to give I'm gonna give myself. If only there was some sort of punishment we could give him. Oh, well, here's gonna... one. Here's one. <laughs> All right, there you go. Uh, what? Oh, boy. Uh, I don't know. Oh, boy. There you go. Your actual punishment is 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 this. Q's now going to watch the entire episode. <laughs> oh, He's no. here. It's oh, crazy. He's not going to uh, talk. Here. I don't He's like this talk. guy. <laughs> I don't want him to be here. Uh, um, here we go. Hey, Matt and Andy. This is Clay from Tyler, Texas once again. Uh, I almost died in a car crash when I heard my voicemail. Oh, no. Of, uh, oh, no. We should have warned him. I geeked out and almost uh, died in a car crash. Clay! <laughs> Clay, stop it! <laughs> maybe, oh yeah, we maybe we already. We, you maybe, fucking idiot! I just made him. I just made him die again. Oh, oh no, Andy! You know what? what it's if a, he's driving. And it's an honorable way to go out. It's I not think an honorable. Borf would it. say he went out as a warrior. Borf, Borf, <laughs> oh. Borf. Who is Borf? What uh, is that? That was a boyfriend. Is that Spaceballs. Boyfriend obsessed something freshman oh, that's right it's that was Goldberg's completely thing. cut out of the show and never no one ever saw it you got a little insiders it was for Goldberg's. and shot and put into the show and then removed from the show 
Afrigar, uh, who often a frequent writer of the show, says the lady who plays this is about uh, booby trap. The lady who plays Leah Brahms gets to be a captain on DS Nine. That's we had a true. Long discussion That's true. on it. Yep. And thank you, Matt, for calling out New Trek. I've been saying that for years about the Kelvin universe. I called out the Kelvin universe. Uh, the Kelvin universe is the new movies, right? Yeah, it doesn't count. It's not real Trek. All right. So anyway, said, thank, thank you for calling. You're out. welcome. <laughs> Um, so a lot of people wrote us about this. This one's from Will Holesclaw. Oh, boy. Not, crazy not from name. House Holesclaw. No, Will. Who's House Holesclaw? I don't know. It just seems like some sort of house that would be, I'd be a part of if I was in Game of Thrones. <laughs> or true. Harry Potter. House Holesclaw. <laughs> yes. The proud flag of Holesclaw. <laughs> um, hey, Andy uh, and Matt Bredsies. Love the podcast. Been looking forward to hearing Andy's reaction booby track. Trap and its spectacular confirmation of his most cherished theory. Uh, you did not disappoint. However, I was a little put out by your constant disparaging of Ron Jones's brilliant score for the episode. I happen to think he's one of the best composers who ever worked on a Trek series. Specifically, I was puzzled by your reaction to the Promelian battle cruiser music near the beginning of Booby Trap and your insinuation that it was stock sci- a stock sci-fi score ripped off from Alien. I beg to differ. I believe that Jones was in fact paying homage not to Alien or some cheesy sci-fi film score, but rather the 1970 uh, George C. Scott classic Patton. Many people pointed this out. Particularly the eerie distant... I don't know if it was written somewhere. Uh, particularly the eerie distant trumpets, which are very similar to a motif used in Patton by Patton's composer Jerry Goldsmith, who of course wrote the main theme for TNG. If you watch the following scene, you'll see parallels in both music and story. Uh, while Picard is relishing his encounter with let's the just let, first of all let's just get real here guys okay Jerry Goldsmith did not write the theme to TNG he wrote the theme to Star Trek the motion picture which got used for TNG that counts <laughs> it doesn't count why doesn't it count because he was writing thinking of Kirk <laughs> that's why it's adventurous and fun exactly if he had written if he had read if he had read encounter at farpoint and that was tasked with writing the score it would not have sounded nearly oh, as that good. is there is no argument with that um by the way this is uh this the title of this is ooh, um that the score is cheesy uh, not cheesy uh classy um anyway this is the uh the music from Patton which is interesting because it sounds not just similar to the Star Trek theme but also the alien theme the battlefield was here the Carthaginians defending Mm, the city I hear it we're attacked by three Roman legions. And then he goes on to a big discussion of it and how he was reincarnated. i got to watch Patton again. What a great movie. Um, for, directed by Francis Ford Coppola, FYI. Um, uh, anyway. Oh, you're a Coppola guy. I'm a Coppola guy. Oh, Coppola. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, my father, interesting. Guys, what I like to do is just say, pronounce things slightly differently than Andy. Gets <laughs> oh, I'm a tomato guy. <laughs> um, particularly the eerie distant trumpets, which are very similar to motif used by Jerry Goldsmith. If you watch the following scene, you'll see the parallels. Um, Patton is imagining himself as a reincarnation of an ancient soldier fighting in the Punic Wars uh, 2,000 years ago, as if through a glass darkly. And uh, he, he, he pointed out that... Uh, that Picard is talking about uh, glasses of ships and bottles, which is 
a striking similarity, perhaps too much to be a coincidence. Um, anyway, that's from Will. And uh, here's my side note to all that. This sounds like the Alien soundtrack, which he was saying, it's not just a cheesy sci-fi uh, knockoff score. And both Patton and Alien were scored by Jerry Goldsmith. Guys. You Crazy, can't huh? you can't knock off the unknockable. What? That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't, but it sounds impressive. Anyway, uh, good job, Jerry Goldsmith, writing those scores for whatever you wrote it for. Jace uh, Membry uh, writes to us. Oh, uh, let me let me. Yeah, that's fine. I'll get to the next. Uh, <laughs> Eddie just had a long discussion with himself. <laughs> and you know what? Maybe. And eh, on the other hand. <laughs> Uh, what do you think, Andy? What can you do, Andy? I don't know, Andy. What do you think? <laughs> Here's the thing that I was going to read. Let's ask Andy. <laughs> uh, just because it's very, very apropos, Honey Darwish wrote to us, um, Hey, Matt and Andy, I'm your typical listener. You know, a Canadian who subscribes to both this podcast and Matt and Dory's yes. Excellent Adventure. I was thrilled when you guys made it to season three, but I must say I'm not digging a new segment on the podcast. I'm talking about the two minutes you spend arguing about what doors you need to walk through to get into the Admiral's <laughs> Club every single episode. I would have thought that Matt, who now hates uh, how long, who hates how long the beginning of the podcast is, would be I opposed do. to this unnecessary occurring bit. And yet, here's what I'm doing, playing a bunch of noises today for no reason. <laughs> Enough with the doors. Break on through to the other side. Anyway. That's me. I'm hitting all sorts of computer beeps. Yeah, it's true. Uh, okay. Right. Uh, Jace Membry. Uh, guys, uh, the whole tired bullshit about season three is where they found their footing uh, theory is so hard to swallow for a sci-fi fan in particular. Oh, give, come on, bro. Come at me. For evidence of this, I point you to Farscape. The show oh my God. hit the ground tell running him, in season three. Tell him season to, one. Tell him to say no more. Yeah. And never listen to this podcast again. I think uh, I was offended, too. He, maybe he is coming at us. I feel like in the end... No, 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 no. It's his love of Farscape. <laughs> well, That's what I'm saying. Oh, I see. You know what I think of Farscape? What's bad? I have no buttons to hit. Hang on. Here's what I think of Farscape. <laughs> so you have a, uh, a fart TNG uh, sound uh, effect there. <laughs> is that... that it's oh, up. no. Farscape, we're losing you. <laughs> Was it never any good? I oh, thought- Farscape. Oh, something we could just do to save Farscape. Nope, it's dead on arrival. Not That's what fan, I think guys. of Farscape. Not a fan. Yeah, suck it. He says the show hit the I'm ground running in season one. I'm just being contradictory. I've never, never watched let Farscape. It. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> in the last episode, when we were talking about Timescape, a TNG episode, I thought... We were talking about Farscape, and I only realized later. I was oh. like, oh, it was You know what turned Farscape. me off about ever trying to watch Farscape? No. Uh, the fact that it's not Star Trek. <laughs> Is that your problem with Battlestar Galactica? One kind of the of. greatest shows of uh, all time. You know, also the use of puppets. I was like, meh, do I have to? Stargate, same problem. There are puppets in Stargate? No, not the puppet thing, but it's not Star Trek. <laughs> Well, you're going to run into that. You're still reviewing frickin' Star Wars with Matt Gorley. That's not stopping you. Well, that's because Star Wars was around before it was born, as was Flash Gordon. All those things have a lovely place in the annals of sci-fi history. What does Flash Gordon have to do with it? I'm just saying all these. I'm just talking about sci-fi franchises that existed before I was born, like Star Wars. Flash Gordon is not a franchise. It was a single weird movie, which I enjoyed. Was a child. single weird movie? It was a fuck ton of serials from the '40s. Oh, you're talking about the the serials? Well, that's yeah, yeah. But I'm was that the franchise? 
if it existed in more than one form, I've dubbed it a franchising. All right, you can't right. argue with me. Okay, you're right. That is a valid uh, thing of a jiggy. Anyway, what was Farscape like? I have no idea. What was it? What was it? I know that it ran for some years, and it. Had what a lot was of the show in, in general? Did it air on Fox or was it in syndication? It feels like one of those Canadian shows that ended up in syndication. No, no, no. I don't think it was Canadian. I think it was like a Henson thing because of the puppets. I feel almost certain oh, just based yeah, on the what tone. It was. Guess what it was? Australian-American. Oh, I stand corrected. Australian-American? Originally what produced mean? for the Nine Network. That's <laughs> hilarious. This is insane. <laughs> oh, why can't we do a, a sci-fi show for some crazy you know outlet that's that's too small to care that we haven't done a sci-fi show you know in our careers. how many fans we've probably lost by the fact that I'm just like shitting on Farscape so hard a show I've never watched well maybe this will get him back um and uh and I am also curious what your take is on this Hans Hillen writes us hi Andy you probably have been hit over the head with this already by other listeners, but you left open a serious gap when listing other parts that the talented Andreas Ketsulis, Commander Tomalek, is known for. His most famous role is that of Ambassador Gakar in Babylon 5. And then he says in parentheses, the superior space station sci-fi show. Don't let Matt Myra tell you otherwise. Oh my god. <laughs> Why are people coming at me like this with their garbage shows? <laughs> I don't know. Have you seen Babylon 5? Babylon 5. <laughs> you oh haven't my seen god. It. You Those CG it, ships look like such ass. I have. Oh, they you have built seen it. one fucking model for that show. Babylon 5 is another one that Babylon I never 5, saw. Babylon 5, dead to me. But that's um, Michael Straz- J. Michael Straczynski. I've never seen Babylon 5. Oh, you haven't. Okay. <laughs> I know that I love all of his comics, Mr. Straczynski, if I'm even remotely pronouncing his name oh, correctly. Oh, thanks, Andy. Yeah, no problem, J. Michael Straczynski. I really appreciate it. <laughs> so glad you could tune in. I never thought you would sound like Rerun on oh, what's crazy. happening. Did you tune in? I did, I did not tune in, actually. Oh, okay. I'm curious, though. My That my Straczynski impression kind of sounds like uh, Matt Gorley's impression of Irving Kirshner. <laughs> oh, I would love to hear an Irving Kirshner impression. <laughs> Um, oh, I'm trying to do Matt Gorley's impression of Irving Kirshner. Yeah. Um, this will be real. Uh, so, you know, Carrie came to the set really high every day. This is every very day. Kermit the Frog. That's sort of what it is. Uh-huh. Uh, Kirshner and I have a long discussion on a future episode of James Bonding. Tune in. Can you please invite me to one of the Star Wars ones that's not the shitty ones? Um, mm, you know, when people ask for specific things, you're you gonna, give them the opposite. Uh, you're going to give me to Clone Wars or something, aren't that's you? That's the problem. Okay, anyway, here is, uh, first of all, <laughs> this isn't relevant, but I started to play this clip, and I thought the sci-fi gobbledygook, it's hilarious when you listen. I know we're, Matt and I are both diehard geeks, we love our sci-fi, when you listen to a show you know nothing about, and people start rattling off all specifics, it's hilarious, and I thought I'd give you a taste. And as the only member of the Kari, still at large, citizen, Jakar, will return to now for trial. I'm afraid that's not possible. Bruce Boxleitner. Prior to this meeting, Ambassador Jakar asked for sanctuary on Babylon 5. As it is within my province to make such decisions, I agreed. Surrender by all members of the Kari is stipulated in the non-Centauri agreement. Oh, I'm sure. I just thought all that stuff was hilarious. That is a big old pile of uh, sci-fi jargon. Anyway, this was the Tomaluk uh, as... What is his name? Ambassador Jakar? 
Uh, yes, Ambassador Jakar. Here you go. Here's a little taste. The force of arms forever. There is no greater power in the universe than the need for freedom. Against that power, governments and tyrants and armies cannot stand. The Centauri learned this lesson once. So one thing that's fascinating is he's he's still leading. Straczynski wrote 92 of the 110 episodes of Babylon 5. Okay, but that's me rolling in it. But from what? <laughs> from Babylon 5? You wrote 92 episodes of television on any station? You're Come rolling on, in it. Come on, bro. No way. That's your crazy. No, I'll tell you what he's rolling in it from. Thor and World War Z. <laughs> Is it, he wrote the movies? Screenplays, yeah. Oh. Which, which, he didn't write, which one? The first one? Yeah. He's a very talented writer, that guy. If anybody wants to put me in touch with him, I would love to talk to him. Now, why would they put you in touch with him, Andy? What, 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 in your mind, what happens? I don't know. I never thought that what I would happens? be able to get in touch with Melinda Snodgrass, and now I'm chatting with her. It's the best. What are you chatting about? Just, you know, uh, how I'm just going to do my own spinoff podcast, and you're never going to get to meet her. Just chatting, chatting with. <laughs> just hanging you know what's there. funny? As I was literally thinking about this today, I was thinking about the fact that, like, I don't, I, I think that the writers of Star Trek should have more of a presence at these conventions. A hundred percent, they're the they, ones you so want to ask. There's so many panels that are just cast, 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 cast. Matt and I'll let you guys on a little secret here, guys. The actors know nothing. They, they have no idea have of how no the stories are structured. Clue. They don't know what was going on with the character. No I mean, clue. they know they know what their no clue. They know what, what their, their job is that week. What their tone was in terms of choices they made in terms of the characters, but in terms of the backstories or the the progressions of the characters, yeah. you want to talk to the writers. So I'm I would like to organize some sort of writer panel. You're just trying to trump a, me at a convention. May I go to that? The, may I be, be one of the hosts? You're going to have me as an audience member? I'll get you a ticket. I hate you. You know how much those tickets cost sometimes at those conventions? You're the oh. worst. Especially those creation conventions. They, you know, I supported you I'm on the whole you a good, after I'm giving thing. you a good value. I said I'm very you a sweet very things, good value. Got all these people marshaled to get you that stupid job that makes it impossible for us to schedule this podcast. Uh, and you won't even have me as a... There is, uh, there is no... There is no Trek... There is no fuck uh discovery uh, in 2018 so you have, we have no excuse for this podcast not to come out weekly and you know he's also he's he's doing a, a game show a star trek I game did show pilot. pilot it was a lovely uh, it was a pass and i'm oh it's already done yeah okay well my point is did i did my name come up as the hilarious uh comedic Andy, sidekick on that the thing no, no nobody you know, cares you know why why it's because people just want you to be angry all the time well, so it's like a perpetual thing i'm not gonna lie your family has told us not to give you good things yeah I don't, that actually checks out they want you real amped up and ready to fight um let's listen to uh another voicemail um, that I found very amusing. <laughs> Body LaForge. <laughs> ah, that's some good shit. <laughs> I think oh, that may dear. have been from our friend in Australia because oh, it's a weird dear. number. Bordy LaForge. I think you said that in the last I'm podcast. sure I did. 
Uh, Al Uthman says, Matt, you have to watch the Galactica reboot. 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 I don't want to watch the reboot. You got. I got to say, we had a huge tidal wave of people saying you have to. We have to do this podcast, and that they're willing to pay and all this stuff. So, FYI, uh, and that you have to watch it. And here's 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 someone listing why. Um, yes, it's dark and gritty and really incredibly good. But the main thing you need to watch, the main reason you need to watch it is because it's essential viewing if you want to be a well-rounded sci-fi geek. Oh, I don't. It's not officially Trek, but Trek is its heritage uh, as much or more so than the original BSG. It's part of the Trek diaspora. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Yeah. You could say, and it's clear Ron Moore is doing everything he wanted to do and Trek wasn't allowed to. There are major parallels uh, with his work on DS9, too, but here he is utterly freed from the oppressive Roddenberry rules, making a show, a show that is admittedly not a hope fest, but feels a hell of a lot more real and less ellipse silly. BSG's a lot less safe feeling, though, which I think is the reason some prefer the false jeopardy that Trek is replete with. The auto-destruct countdown we all know will never go to zero. Um, on Trek, we know the main characters will never die, etc., um, so it feels safe and cozy. Um, BSG isn't like that, neither is Discovery. Um, but I think it was so influential that there's a clear line between pre and post BSG You don't think series. Discovery is like that? I feel like Discovery kills No, I think, I think he or she is saying that it is like that. Oh. Um, here's, an, here's another thing that I'm curious about. I don't know if you watched it or if you were just referring to it. Its influence is palpable in pretty much every sci-fi show to come from the underrated Stargate universe to the expanse to yes star trek discovery as uh, the anti-trek i think is just necessary viewing for a trek guy to understand trek's place in the world um uh, and find any comparative arguments for or against either approach so it's uh, it's not just a good idea it's homework I actually forget i said that love the show al from buffalo um stargate universe have you seen that one no i've no. seen i've seen star stargate yeah you know the movie Sure, I have to. And then you really have watched nothing except Trek and Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, come on, guys. Let's be honest. I'm not a big sci-fi fan. What? <laughs> I don't even know what to make of that. Well, I think one thing you can make of it is the fact that I uh, have only only have eyes for for you, Star Trek. Matt, what? do you want to hear this last email about the Enterprise? refit uh, dry dock scene um and enterprise models or do you want to oh i like that that's way more up my alley than these previous emails criticizing well that's why i saved it for the end and asked you because i knew you were 44 minutes into this podcast that's why it's your choice pal do you want to hear this one do you not want everyone but i want to hear it no i'm sorry we have to get going on this episode well then um uh, i will just say mark um live long and prosper anyway but I'm sorry, but Matt said no to your... Oh, boy. I am just losing fans left and to right To your right voicemail. Um, all right. Let's stay in track history. No. No? Am I missing something? We've quit the podcast. Oh, we just quit it? Yeah, I'm done. 
Wow. I can't be told to watch all these things. There's too many things to watch. There really are a lot. I have to watch Farscape now? Can people tell me about Babylon 5, whether that's any good? I remember at some point, but I think it... I just at remember some point looking, people were like, I remember just, it looking so bad. It definitely looked bad because it was lower budget. Aesthetically, I just thought but it But I think bad. it was described as kind of what... DS9 predated it or postdated it? DS9 but it being predated it. It was serialized and it was a lot of like them in major trouble a lot, which is what I loved about certainly Voyager and Battlestar Galactica and other stuff. So some people said it was good and I know J. Michael Straczynski is a is a is a brilliant writer, so and he apparently wrote ninety percent of it himself. Uh, almost literally ninety percent. Ninety-two uh, of one hundred and ten. He must have pissed off his staff. I, I, I can't believe any of this. This is like crazy. I wonder who the other writers were, or was it just him? No, it was like Harry Ellison, and like it was like big sci-fi writers would come in and and and, and write Harlan Ellison. Harlan Ellison, Harry, I, his friends call him Harry. <laughs> Andy. Come on, you got to know this. His sure. friends, his friends are like. Call me Hair. Bubby. Hair, I love the boy and his dog. <laughs> that city, it was truly on the edge of forever. <laughs> God. <laughs> anyway. Um, he sued them. Matt, it was November 13th, oh, 1989. Boy, it was November 13th, 1989. U.S. Andy. radios were tuned to, again, When I See You Smile by Bad English. And in the UK, all around the world, by Lisa Stansfield was on top. I want to grow hair. I want to grow up. I want to go to Boise by Irma Bombax. You never heard of that. It was a bestseller. And look who's... No! There's no way! Look who's talking! Stated number one for the fifth consecutive week. Second, that is one second, of the all-time... Second highest grossing movie of 1987. It is one of the all-time worst movies! Nothing, nothing against Lieutenant Savick, Kirstie Alley. That is a piece of crap. Oh my God, I cannot believe if I had opened any movie during that period, all of the great movies through history that have failed to succeed, even though they deserved it. And Look Who's Talking was number one for five weeks. Crazy. Anyway, also the Berlin one fell. Berlin Wall fell. Uh, Brazil held its first free presidential election in almost 30 years. Time Magazine's cover featured Arsenio Hall with the caption, Arsenio, TV's hip host, grabs the post-Garson generation. Carson. I mean, what happens in the movie? Does Kirstie Alley die? No, No, nothing happens in the movie. They get a baby and the baby's talking to the audience. And it's Bruce Willis doing a dumb baby voice instead of being cool Bruce Willis. If Bruce Willis was being David Addison, I would have loved that movie. But it's just, just him going, yeah, but mommy, you can't do that. Oh, I'm Bruce Willis. Like, why do I want to watch that crap? Ugh. <laughs> Fucking dumb. It's like pre, pre-Pulp Fiction John Travolta being annoying instead of being awesome. Uh, yeah, listen. By the way, George Siegel of Goldberg's fame in that movie. As he a, plays Albert. Is he really Albert in the yep. movie? <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> we stole the character. I think he's very similar, actually, in that movie. He's like a he's like a womanizer, except he's more of a, a douche. Oh, instead of a delightful womanizer. Well, everybody, I'll see you later.
<laughs> this isn't the end of the show, Matt. We're, no, it is. They're we're playing just us in, out. Man. Bad English is playing us out. All right, enough of that. You really got to mark down when this. Uh, 49 minutes. All right, make sure to put it on the thing. I don't like to say the time because sometimes I cut things out of the show and then the time doesn't match up. By the way, Matt, um, you uh, spelled uh, Jordy incorrectly in the, oh, did I get, uh, in the episode. Did I get autocorrected? I had to have gotten autocorrected. Right, I don't spell that wrong. Okay. How do you spell it? Fantastic. Oh, my God. Now you got me like triple thinking. <laughs> isn't it J? Isn't it sorry? G G O R D I E? No, it's G E O R D George. Oh my God! It's G E O D G O R D I. No E. Jordy. Jordy. Yeah, you just said there's no E. You said no E. Didn't you? Didn't you just? You said there's no E, and then you said an E. G E O. Oh, sorry. No E at the end. I mean. IE. I put IE. Guarantee yeah. you I put IE. You put IE. I always do that. I it's a tough one. Do that. What what is the what is it supposed to be? Is it like German? What is the What is the LaForge is, is also French. Oh my god, 10,000 people have downloaded it with its bad name already. Oh, don't change it now. I have. What do you mean? I've changed I updated the spelling. Oh, I see. But it, that won't take away our No, it downloads. doesn't take away. Okay. It's just, it just changes the spelling, everybody. Okay. God. God, why can't we just, like, fucking deal with the fact that I had a little spelling mistake, everybody? You know, I think Mission Log was... Everyone is so angry at us. I think Mission Log was canceled. Canceled? Well, I don't you know. There canceled. was some... Mission Log... No, Mission Log was not canceled. Something... Thinking of Engage, the official Star Trek podcast. Oh, Jordan that Hoffman, is right. right. Uh, came to a, a close. Uh, I actually haven't talked to Jordan. I don't know why... Um, that happened, but uh, love Jordan, and I uh, wish him the best, and I hope that it was his decision. It wasn't his decision. Oh. <laughs> I listened to a thing about it. It was, uh, uh, I think that there was, I don't know, some the parent company or something was bought, and then... Wait, was, CBS was bought? N- no, I guess it wasn't the parent company. Something happened with some corporate moving of hands. Ugh. Ugh. Um, Sorry, buddy. I'm sorry, too. Jordan, start your own fucking Star Trek podcast. There's plenty of space. Come on. I say don't. I say all of his fans should just come to us. I have no relationship with Jordan, but I wish him the best in his other non-Star Trek podcast-related experiences. Uh, <laughs> Jordan, do whatever you want to do. Well, that's, that's really the podcast. bottom line. Do and you know what, Jordan? I bet you will. Um, all right, Andy. It's time to hear from Larry Nemechek. Okay. As we do each week. This is, uh, as you said earlier, this aired November 13th, 1989. Did you just yawn? No, did I? I don't know. Was it a yawn? Was it a yawn? I don't know. Uh, This is directed by Robert Shearer. (laughs) Just in case. (laughs) (laughs) Written by Hannah Louise Shearer. No relation. Different spelling. Really? Weird. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, here it is, guys. This is the the main main thrust of this. Are those writers people who then were on staff and wrote other episodes because i don't like this episode i gotta be Are honest those writers the writers who wrote this episode it's one person wait who's hannah Lo- oh one is hannah, the director one was the director yeah yeah. i see robert shearer is the and hannah louise shearer is the writer robert shearer is the director hannah louise shearer was she a regular writer that went let on me tell you about her career pal okay knight rider uh-huh. That's a good show. Star Trek The Next Generation. That's we, we An episode of Deep Space Nine. Uh-huh. So she's been around. Never seen again. 
She wrote okay. this one. She wrote When the Bow Breaks, which is the one. Remember when the uh, Enterprise uh, children want to be stolen? No, I know. I kept saying Bow wrong. Oh, right. Uh, Bo, he said. He said Bo, everybody. Yeah. I had to cut it out. I had to edit it out for yeah. Andy. And then when but I now said it again. he's more secure. And he no, I've, I've already said it wrong in another episode, and we discussed on air whether we should cut it out. And I said, just forget it. People I'll just this. humiliate myself. Uh, Troy falls for the charismatic Devianani <laughs> Rawl. An, uh, by the way, for a human being who was born on Earth, completely fucking unnecessary uh, oh, good point. Unnecessary, <laughs> stupid alien. But name. they're still in space, so we'll call him a crazy name. Devanani Rao, a soft-spoken yet determined negotiator who comes aboard the Enterprise to bid on an apparently stable wormhole found near Barzon Two. The wormhole allows almost instant travel to an unexplored corner of the galaxy, and the Barzon hope the proceeds from its sale will bolster the economy of their poor planet. Rao, a human being with a shitty name. Uh, God, if your name... I'm sorry, everybody. If someone out there is named... Deviani? Deviani. find that unlikely. Then I apologize. Uh, Aral, a human working for another world, uh, arouses concern when he... Devinoni. That's what it is. Devinoni? Devinoni Aral. But why? Why? Yeah, I agree. Uh... When he anticipates another bidder's fears and eases him out, then the Ferengi crash the talks and secretly make the Federation debate. I'm sorry, delegate too ill to finish the bidding. In a pinch, Picard uses Riker for the job, hoping the commander's poker instincts will see him through. Uh, check the primitive Barzan's probes report. Data and LaForge take a shuttle through the wormhole. The protesting Frangies send their own as well, but after the Starfleet officers emerge at the wrong area, they realize the wormhole does change endpoints. <laughs> Get the yawn ready. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> this is our worst episode we've ever done. <laughs> Certainly our, the longest. This is our meand- most meandering <laughs> fucking episode. Uh, they love it. They, they don't realize, want guests. They don't want us they realize to move the forward. The wormhole does change endpoints, and they escape just before it collapses, stranding the poo pooing Ferengi in the Delta Quadrant. Hmm. What a mean thing to do, everybody. Uh, Ralph finally confides the secret his, of his success to Troy. Uh, he too is part Beta Z. She clears her conscience by revealing this all to the bars and accept uh, all after the bars and accept his bid and sadly discover the wormhole is no good anyway. Ral tells Troy he needs her to be his conscience. Oh wow! Oh god, he's he's closing windows. He shouldn't close. There we are <laughs> to help him change. But they part uh, with her reminding him he she's already got a job as a counselor. Okie dokie. I guess it really, you know, what's interesting is because yeah. someone had, had tweeted at us and I got very, <laughs> I got outraged because they were saying, they were suggesting that it was uh, during this day in Trek history that the awning was happening when it was actually the summary, which is uh, Matt, but the, this day in Trek history was me and I don't, I don't yawn on the podcast, but didn't they have some suggestions for you? I don't remember what it was on Twitter. Yeah, me, uh, me, me, me will look again. <laughs> me will look again. <laughs> <laughs> it really tickled me i don't know why it really wasn't wasn't that much of a joke but uh, it really struck me for some reason all right here we are everybody let's take a gander at this wonderful episode called the price and by wonderful i mean it's an episode called the price 
Which starts with uh, an episode I'd watch, Day to Day Troy. Dispatches. A research inquiry Interesting. from the Manitoba Journal of Interplanetary Psychology and yeah. three communiques from your mother. This one, this made me nervous. Transfer the letters for- oh, because you were like, how is the computer going to read her mother's vo- letters when she has the same voice? <laughs> no, that's genius. I didn't even think about that. And I bet you that's why we don't hear from her. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Um, no, I was just saying I don't want, I don't like Luxana. So I don't, sure. don't want to hear from her. Define real in context, please. Real. Not one of your... Perfectly synthesized. This is the answer to our question. Enhanced imitations. Which one? Everything that comes out of the replicator is fake. Is perfectly nutritious, and that's why there's no me waddling down the hall. Oh yeah, playing an oboe. There are fat people on there. Where? I feel like there are people that are pudgier. So far, the fattest person we've seen on Star Trek has been Harry Mudd. (laughs) Oh, I'm going to listen to this part. Yes, Captain. Sorry, sorry. The now what? You know, just the, the, the Picard in this. Oh, yes. To override the specified program. Listen. Picard to Counselor Troy. Now what? Yes, Captain. You, the pleasure of your company is requested, Counselor. We are um, we're having a little impromptu reception for the arriving delegates. Captain, I'm not really dressed for a reception. Oh, Counselor, just throw on any old thing. We're about to get our first look at the wormhole. What of course, we? Captain. I'm on my way. I would just say right off the top, I'm not a fan of this episode. Mm-hmm. And right off the top, that is out of character for, for Picard. That is, There's nothing that is said in that. He's excited about the wormhole, so he's forcing pleasant, Troy to come up. Uh, pleasant uh, Picard. Throw on any old thing. You Throw would never hear him thing. say that. I, mean, uh, I don't he, have a problem with that shade of his personality being revealed. Well, he is also like he doesn't care that she's never in a fucking real uniform. He does not care. No, he doesn't. Doesn't matter to him. Which is weird. That's I true. It, it doesn't doesn't really fit his obsession with as with Matt's. Yeah. Pro, well, it's also protocol. it's weird. We don't get it until Ronnie Cox comes in. Who is the guy that I the the crewman who 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 asked for a. Uh, raise or something to be brought back or something through fan letters that was then booted off the show. Oh, um, chief engineer. Yeah, the other guy. God damn it. Whatever his name was. Um, He's got a good name, too. Yeah. Biff Biff, Yeager. Biff Yeager. That was what it is. Um, Biff Yeager was kind of heavier, wasn't he? Well, that's probably why they got rid of him. <laughs> that was why they got rid of him. They he were just, like, this isn't going to fit our replicator. He just got up and he tried to. I'm very unclear, by the way, at about whether... how, when communicators work the way they're supposed to work versus work the way they need to work for the scene. It's totally weird. <laughs> now what? Instead of like, although maybe, hey, yeah. maybe. He just made a motion of hitting his communicator. Maybe. Yeah. His combat. Here we go. All right. I'm going to explain away everything. Okay. Deanna has the setting. Uh-huh. And I think the whole crew has the option for this setting. Uh-huh. When you're in your quarters, your communicator is never on auto. Isn't it? It has to be engaged. That has to it's be. It's like do not disturb on your cell phone. That has to have been disproven it. by people. Oh, people can choose to not have that or have that. I see. So it's, it's on or it's off. Kinda like, it's kind of like Siri being on or off on yeah, your phone. Yeah, exactly. 
is standard defense. Yes. <laughs> um, it was. It's totally weird. I'm into it though. Thank you, everybody. Okay, I did it. Um, anyhow. God forbid I should miss my first look at the wormhole. Was that an innuendo? If this was James Bond, that would be. <laughs> oh, it sounds just like they're walking into May the Admiral's you, Troy. Just tell me there's some hey, we should have some sounds effects oh, in the background the of the Admiral's Club. Will you allow me to do the introductions? This is Premier Bavani of Bazan, Councillor Diana Troy. Your discovery has produced a great deal of excitement, Premier. Hopefully it will also produce a new era of prosperity for my people. We'll see to that. You know, Mr. Mendoza, the Federation... I like Mr. Mendoza. Pleasure to see you again, Council. I do like Mr. Mendoza. Does he this come back? a worthy Federation... Not that I remember. ...bidding, okay. Leor of the Caldonians. Madame. And I'm Devon Aniral. This shot of him, by the way, is impeccably the worst thing I've ever seen in Star Trek. No, I can't say that. It's not the worst thing I've ever seen in Star Trek, but it's ridiculous. The contradiction between how we are supposed to see this character and what the audience's actual reaction is to this character is astonishing. He is not... He is not attractive or romantic in any way. I'm Deviani Moral. He seems what is his name? like a complete word. creepo from the frame, first frame we see him. <laughs> like, he should be smiling and happy and friendly at this He's point. like a this psychopath. You, see him. you shouldn't see him with, like... He's like a psychopath, and he is a psychopath. <laughs> he's like, a near rapist. That's how, that's how he's, like, that, his first shot. He's not even opening his mouth when you first see him. Yeah. He, like, finishes the line and then stares. Yeah. Then he opens. Ship's counselor, Deanna Troy. My good friend Raoul is the best hired gun in the business. Hired gun? My good friend Mendoza means that I'm a negotiator who serves a variety of clients. On this particular occasion, I represent the Chrysalians. I believe it's almost time, isn't it, Captain? Indeed. It will be visible directly ahead. I love the decision of the other alien species guy that actor i love his move to uh he's doing a lot of good prop work with that glass with that champagne glass the tall he's guy like feeling the top of it he's really just in the scene the, the tall one yes i'm trying to look for is it always on time bavani always we see it every 233 minutes our scientists say it's due to radiation buildup in the accretion disk. The visible burst is very brief. Oh, wow. The first oh. and only stable wormhole known to exist. Until this place now. It's yours. So, I'll just ask... For the right price. I'll just ask this now. Okay, and I'll answer it. Or not. Uh, this is not the same wormhole. Or is it? No, it's not the same world. No. Okay. All right. You don't. That's I don't Bajoran. know. I've That's in Bajoran space. You okay. Dumb, dumb. How do I know? I've never You're watched Deep Space dumb, Nine. Dumb. Jesus. You're such a dumb, dumb. This is the first time in this podcast you've ever lorded my lack Andy's of knowledge about the thing I haven't dumb, watched yet. Dumb. I can't believe how dumb he is. Jesus the way he's Christ. just acting all dumb. What is happening? As you all know, the environment on my planet is completely inhospitable to most other life forms. So I'd like to express my appreciation to you, Captain Picard, for hosting these negotiations 
the bars on. He might as well, like, go finger guns and go, no worries. (laughs) That's me this episode. Weird. Dependent on others for generations. We want that to end. The appearance of this stable wormhole in our space provides us with our first true natural resource. We have neither the experience nor the technology to exploit it. But you do. Excuse me. There's a delegation of Ferengi that wishes to be beamed aboard, sir. <clears throat> Were you expecting the Ferengi, Premier? Nobody expects no, the Ferengi. Nobody expects the Ferengi. Bidding, I have no objection. Chief O'Brien, this is Captain Picard. Will you beam the Ferengi directly to the observation lounge? I said, Chief O'Brien. Dude. I'm going to say my name out loud in case you don't know who I am. Dude, the guy that you were complimenting before? Yeah. The tall alien? Yeah. Is Kevin Peter Hall, who played Predator. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen that guy. No, didn't he play... Wasn't he he the alien? That's what I'm saying. He was the Predator. No, was he... So he was also the alien? Wasn't he... I'm sorry. I might can. I was under the impression that Predator was Jean Claude Van Damme in a suit. I mean, maybe for certain shots. But I don't know. <laughs> I think the main guy was was this guy, and he was also in Predator Two, and he was also Harry and Harry and the Hendersons. Well, I mean, this guy is just an actor, an actor's actor, right there. Um, and in Misfits of Science, uh, he was Doctor Elvin L. Lincoln. I really enjoyed Misfits of Science, early Courtney Cox show with a bunch of basically mutants. Of course. How could we not know our early Courtney Cox shows? He was also in Mazes and Monsters, which I believe had Tom Hanks in it, which was a D&D terrible TV movie about the dangers of D&D. The dangers of uh, Dungeons and Dragons. I remember it well. And his first first part was... uh, I had it a second ago. Was... um, Oh, well. Mutant Bear in the prophecy <laughs> mutant bear we wouldn't know it it's just funny that's that was his first part okay andy i appreciate your uh we'll call this andy's casting couch it's <laughs> not an appropriate name for it it's called deep cuts or deep dive deep dive it was called deep dive we've already established this You're thinking about me Okay, so let's uh, the Ferengi oh, yeah, no, come. we gotta watch this. Fuck. Oh, okay, so what what scene you want? No, the Ferengi come the and then gentlemen, we're gonna get out of this and then we'll we start the. We can handle all the pleasantries later. Now let's get down to business. I'll match anyone's best offer and add the gold on top of it. Uh, the Ferengi. What about them? Let me tell you. Okay, they are so one note. <laughs> they are, but I will say they are at least being used, in my opinion, the way they should be used, a little bit more appropriately. I guess this is, this is kind of how they ended up in DS Nine, right? Yeah, it's like they're not scary, so it's good for them to be comedic relief, and yeah. I feel like they are appropriately portrayed comedically in this. There and uh, as a as a problem, I, th- I think it's it's well done. What do we know Matt McCoy from most? Matt McCoy. Do we know him? I'm trying to think like what I know him most from. Is it 
He was in oh, Police Academy? No, he's not. The, is he the fucking father in The Hand That Rocks the Cradle? Oh, maybe. You really know Hand That Rocks the Cradle that oh much? Oh my God, he is. But he had a beard in that movie. Wow, I'm surprised that that Hand the Rocks the Cradle is is your go-to. You know, it's one of those weird it's one of those weird movies that was on a lot as a kid. Like it was on sure. it was on like Showtime constantly. Also has some some Rebecca De Mornay action in it. Yeah. Uh yeah. He I guess he he's a good he's a good weak-willed father to be manipulated <laughs> by Rebecca De Mornay. He is a great weak-willed father, which he was is also, why this part for him does not work. He was Lloyd Braun in Seinfeld. I'm trying oh, to remember yeah, what character that was. Um, yeah, this guy's been around forever, um, and I feel like he was. I, I'm, I'm going to knock this guy a lot in this in this episode because he drove me insane. But he's very well used in other parts. He is in a lot of episodes of the new Jack Ryan series coming to Amazon. Oh, interesting. Um, I wonder if that's going to be good. Is that with Krasinski? Yep. I once uh, called. Oh, um, my God. Police Academy 5 Miami Beach. That's where I know him from. I once called John Krasinski Kaczynski uh, to his face uh, accidentally because I have such trouble with names and faces. And he did not seem happy about it, even though he was being incredibly nice to me before that. Ted Kaczynski <laughs> is the Unabomber. That's, that's probably like, why. why. Yes, he said, I'm not Ted Kaczynski. The Unabomber is what he said. Did he say that? He did say that. Oh, probably, I said, it probably never happened for him. Until but let's still be along. friends. <laughs> we were not friends after that. Uh, well, you know what? I'm sure you'll be friends again. Also, when I was in, and eh, never mind. Guys, I like hearing about people who uh, are friendly with Andy until a point, and then become wildly successful. Now that I think about and it, reveal their immense talent to the world. Both of my experiences uh, with uh, John were him being incredibly friendly at the beginning of the experience, like remembering who I was. Yeah. I think he knows me from the improv world, and and just being super. And I'm like, oh, what a great guy this is. And so then I was on the office, and I was doing a scene with um, Ed Helms, who I know from the improv world, and I was like, how much should we be improvising? And he's like, let's go for it. And and it was a scene where oh you've told this Krasinski before, and um, Jenna Fisher and all these people have to walk in at the end of the scene. So basically they're waiting outside, and you know I'll go, I'll go as long as the person goes. And me and Ed kept improvising longer and longer. And finally John came and was just like, "Hey guys, this isn't one of your little improv shows. Let's move along." <laughs> And I was like, oh, no. Well, you've done many things to annoy I made him. him mad. You've done many things to annoy John Kaczynski. 41, <laughs> sure born have. Brussels, European Alliance. Relocated at age 19 to Herco's 3. Come in. Should I call for an appointment? No. This scene is bonkers. I was just over some personnel files. Well, that's too bad. She was Googling him. Thought you might be thinking about me. I thought you'd be deep in negotiations by now. In recess. I never play the opening rounds anyway. Speaking of recess. Inconsequential. How'd you like to take this outside? This joke that you're doing, Matt, is about to become exactly true. I know. Like dinner tonight? (laughs) Crazy. (laughs) What about your traveling companion? My traveling companion is traveling I sent her home why 
You know why? <laughs> there's nothing. There's no. You know why? There's no. Uh, I was clearly looking at you from across the room. Don't do Counselor Troy. Was I? Yes, you were. <laughs> I don't want you to be Counselor Troy, the person I met four and a half minutes ago in Ten Forward. I want you to be. <laughs> Troy. What's your first name, by the way? <laughs> yes, that. That's what I want you to be. I'm going to touch you now, and you're going to like it. Is that inappropriate? I don't think so. Listen to the music. It's a little worrisome, but also sensual. I was in the hand of Cradle. In the future. I was in Police Academy 5. I was in Reba. And then she looks at him like, what? Is he, she takes her hair down or is it? What? Her hair's down because she's looking at personnel files. And then he really tussles it, you know? Wait, when is the scene? Was this the scene where he goes, man, that's not, that's not you. And then he takes the hair down. And he's like, yes. Oh, he takes bad. it down a little bit further, I suppose. Yeah. Right. Who are you? Oh, so that's how it goes. You never do. Never do leave the office. What? Dinner at eight. Dinner at eight. I'm controlling your emotions. Dinner at eight. Boy, I wish this episode was written by not a woman, so I would be able to really. Well, this is what my honestly, this is a question I really want to ask. My good friend Melinda Snodgrass. When uh, when we talk to her, is how much I have to use the word agency? Does 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 the writer did the writers at the time have? Because it was written by a woman, and this is one of the most patently offensive portrayals of Troy in the whole series. I in think my it's a, an offensive portrayal of uh, of negotiators. <laughs> I think it's an offensively portray it's offensive portrayal of people from Brussels. It's very offensive. The whole thing is just this this characterization that no he's not does, being no presented as charming like in any way. This is the episode in the in this is the episode that I'm like, no one talks like this. Like I'm if it's if the idea is Troy has a has such a dark side that she's into a guy who's basically a complete predator right from the start and not like a fun predator like the guy who's oh. playing predator oh okay in this episode i didn't think you could spin out of that one but no. you did um but uh but but you know just like that you'd be into that like okay i'm into that that you want to say that she has this real dark side and she's Ooh, attracted to people who are that getting, terrible. That's what you're getting from this? No, I i'm not. That's the problem. If you want to explore that, then that has to be the topic of the, of the episode But it's not He's no. supposed to be charming And she's like right. Really into that's it what the problem And when they're talking She's that's talking to Beverly later It's like Oh yeah The problem is The problem is that he, he, I don't know if it's Matt And his portrayal Of this guy Or if it's the writing Of this guy But this guy Is not I think it's both The character This character Is not the character That Devin Troy Oni? is talking about No Do you know what I mean? A hundred percent Yeah so that that's I think that's the main problem, here. and it's upsetting. I really got to say that I can't say that strongly enough. It is uncomfortable to watch. Century at warp nine to cover that distance. 
The same distance could be achieved in a matter of seconds through the wormhole. Mm -hmm. Imagine the Ferengi collecting tolls if we lose to them. I don't think Those the Ferengi are the Jews. threat on the table. With all of Damon Goss's bluster, they don't have the resources the Barsons need. Mm -hmm. I think that Devin Nani is the one that we need to watch out for. He has as much problem with this name as I do. Just to be clear, mind you, Devin mind you, Nani. comment is referring to the generally anti-Semitic, possibly caricatured perform uh, characterization of the Frankies. Not well, do you know that that's, yeah, that's what George Lucas saw, and that's why he made those uh, those Trade Federation people blatantly <laughs> horrible Asian caricatures. Not to mention Watu, Watto, Watto. No, <laughs> he had a lot of stuff. <laughs> George Lucas, for someone who's who's best friends with Steven Spielberg, has a lot of uh, a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> um, anyway, they're getting through the blast doors. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes! Oh no! I need this many units. No pod is worth two slaves. Not by long shot. Hey, hey, hey! So Andy will be on the Phantom Menace episode of Star Wars. Eh? Oh Jesus Christ! An accurate observation. How did you recognize that? Well, he was the most comfortable one in the group. You must play poker, Commander. Poker? Is that a game of some sort? Commander Riker conducts master classes in poker. I really like Takes this. him away from his duties, but <laughs> I allow it. <laughs> really interferes with the efficiency of this ship. Uh, but anyway. He transmits them to every deck. The skills are not dissimilar, Commander. Mr. Mendoza... If this lives up to its billing, it will be a discovery of extraordinary value. But it is a very big if. Speaking of big ifs, let's start that date. Not your style. Well, conformity is not my style. I'm into weird future suits. (laughs) I've just kissed you. I'd even like another. Well, there she is again. Counselor Troy. I'm not. What is that? You don't know. Computer? Champagne. For two. <laughs> he had to step in there. Sure. He had to step in hey, there. Hey, I want one, too. Sure. Hey, what's going he on? Had to really... For two, <laughs> computer. The first sign of an alcoholic is someone who insists that there's two drinks. By the way, that tells all that tells me is he has ordered champagne through a replicator many times before and seen only one glass come out. <laughs> so he's like, I'm not going to let that mistake happen again. Do you know how long you're waiting at the replicator if, it's, uh, if only one comes out? Oh, Jesus. Champagne for five. What? <laughs> And they come out in not sham pain glasses, which really annoys me. Side issue, Matt. Yeah. You ever been in a bar with a friend and uh, no. they order like, oh, Matt. <laughs> no one invites oh. me out anywhere. And they order two drinks and they're carrying around two drinks because they're so terrified of not having <laughs> a drink for a second. That may be I've a person been, with a problem. No, no, no. I've been, you know, like uh, if a bar is like slammed on a Friday or Saturday and you're like, you, it takes you fucking 12 yeah, minutes I can to get that. up to the bartender. I can see that. Then I can see that happening. Right. But if fair. it's like. Yeah, I've, I've seen it happen with. medium. Yeah. And you're doing that. That's crazy. Yeah. Was it Jordan Morris? 
I'm kidding. Is Jordan Morris a big? Uh, no, <laughs> no. Actually, I think you. I think you're right. Mutual friend who knows how to party. I think that I might have even had that conversation with Jordan, maybe on his podcast, where he's he said he said, "Oh yeah, you don't you don't listen to the podcast much," like in reference to the drinking. <laughs> oh, he's a he's a party machine. Yeah, he's so genial and 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 uh, he's great. Easygoing, he's though. great in every situation. He really is. Party situation, movie situation. Wake and bake situation. Have you woken? He does it all. With, have you no, woken up I with Jordan Morris? And... I mean, sometimes because we would get to work at eight o'clock in the morning. <laughs> oh, I see. Does he get? Did he get high there? No, oh. no. At least not that I know of. Jordan, if you got high, uh, let us know right into the podcast. I wonder if Jordan watches TNG. Don't text Should we get him on here? We're not getting anyone on here. We're going to start up. No, we're going to set it up. It can't happen. First, it's going to be Paul Shear. It will not happen. Then it's Matt Gorley. Refusal of happening. Jordan Morris. I won't allow it. What we? I don't care. <laughs> I don't care who he keeps talking about. Jonathan Frakes. All people I love, but Melinda I just Snodgrass. will not have. And Melinda, maybe. That's the only one you... Yeah, you'll allow her, sure. I'll allow a writer of the show, yes. Certainly do. That's the only First person you who doesn't know. First, you conveniently arrange to play host. Then you plan to send a man probe into the wormhole. The Federation thinks he can do anything it wants to. I will not tolerate it. I will gladly share the results of our explorations with all the delegates. <laughs> I love that, Dr. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Do you expect us to believe what you report? Then send in your own probe, Goss. That's exactly what I intend to do. And I should strongly suggest that you stay out of our way. May I ask, Matthew? Yeah, sure. Is it ever established why... The Ferengi wear those the weird things on the back of their heads. Are they hiding some kind of? No, no, no. Those are just like open uh, brain or something. No, no, no. Those are just decorative. Um, how would you even describe Hats? them? It's like having a hat on or a, or like a, a visor. Uh, or a or a, like an earring. Yeah, an earring. Yeah, yeah. yeah. just like a cool headband. They all have decided to wear. So there's nothing going on about the back of their heads. No, no, no. no that's too bad. What would you like to be going on back there? I don't know, like exposed brain. I want an exposed brain. So you think a you think a you think a species <laughs> with as big an ailment as an exposed brain that they can just cover with fabric would have made it to survived the space of traveling faster than light? Well, if they were smart. Oh sure. Look, we got a lot of flaws as stay a out of that way. as a species. Knee problems. Captain Picard, please come to sick bay. Acknowledge, Doctor. See, now Picard, in his ready room, does not have it set like that. He should, though. He just answers. He he's just got answers. too much going on. Yeah. Also, he's never going to be saying something in there that is uncouth, because he's Jean-Luc Picard. That's true. It would be kind of funny if... Captain, if we don't operate soon, he could lose his mustache. <laughs> obviously not life-threatening. It's some kind of system-wide... Beverly, we don't care about the mustache. <laughs> but, Captain, it could go at any moment. Beverly, base. it's not the primary issue. <laughs> what do you keep doing for? But I keep... Everyone keeps saying he's not going to die. So what, then, is the issue? All right, keep me informed about the mustache. Will do. Nurse Ogawa, I need 50 cc's of mustache hair. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't even seen us Nurse Ogawa yet. No. This is a weird... Now, this is another weird... Picard doesn't talk like that. It's a long tracking shot. This Federation's top negotiator mean? taken out by mysterious ailment. Suspicions? With the Ferengi around? Always. You'll have to fill in, number one. 
Me? Well, I'm the designated host. It will be a most awkward transition. You're the next likely choice. And Mr. Mendoza will certainly agree. He's quite impressed by your natural instincts. Excuse me, sir, but those weren't natural instincts. Those were poker instincts. A card game doesn't exactly prepare me for this. Yes, the stakes are higher. But then, isn't that when the game gets interesting, Commander? Unnecessary shot of the card turning around and shooting I, him a Like look. he needed to wink. Yeah. And I think he needed to not say Commander. He should have just said Will. Yeah. Anyway, that's all. That's all. Does he wink? No, but he yeah. should. There should be some reason why they have that shot. Yeah. Finger gun Picard. That's what that's, we need. That's why you need the finger gun. This episode needed finger gun Picard like no other episode. <laughs> finger gun Picard. That's another good t-shirt. Subject oh, by the way, yeah. we're, um, we started the conversation on Twitter, which meant doesn't go on as much anymore. I try not to. Guys. Somebody suggested uh, a t-shirt that says disengage on it, which I thought was genius. And... Um, and so I'm opening up the hails. The hails to you can write us at sttncpod at gmail dot com for suggestions on uh, merch. We have some suggestions on merch. What do you mean by that? Like we have a, some like a coffee merchandise. Mug? Yeah, whatever. We have whatever some, you want on it. Do you know what I want? What I wish we could have the. Um, I don't know that anyone could make this for us. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the anyway, Star my Trek? Was to do a finger guns Picard uh, T-shirt. Sure. Yeah. Do you remember the uh, Star Trek mugs that when you heated them up, the, they would beam out? No. They were great. these, uh, you know, it was the original series cast and they were not be on the mug. And then I think when you poured hot liquid in it, uh-huh. it would change the out- exterior of the oh, mug yeah, for them yeah. to beam out. That's great. I want that with us. Oh, yeah. With you and well, me? Yeah. Oh, that's great. Having served Starfleet in a number of conflicts. Now, the Chrysalians were enemies to no one. And we choose to remain that way. What a douche this Neutral. guy is. Neutral and uninvolved, sir. <laughs> in virtually all interstellar matters of consequence. No one would claim that the Chrysalians are as powerful as the mighty Federation. But we have resources and technology and scientists, too. But we also have had peace. You like science, right? Oh, here we are. Maybe I could stretch out these negotiations for a few days. Gross. This is a very like weird shot of feet. Mm-hmm. And oh, also, yeah. I like the idea oh, that the like, thing. space space blankets seem uncomfortable to me. Definitely. We're gonna get we're gonna get to it. But the amount of weird oh, fetishistic stuff in this episode, which is like if that's you know, if you're doing Game of Thrones and it's generally a bunch of, you know, weird sexy stuff, okay, fine. This is completely like it's got a close up shot on her oily foot, and then it's got shots of Beverly and and Big Troy doing weird aerobics routines together, which we've never seen, and is not necessary for that scene where they're talking to each other about the dude. Well, it also could have been a, a very clear instance of like, oh man, we got another scene in ten forward with them. Can't we put this anywhere else? Can they just do that in another episode where it's not already weird and skeezy? Oh, I think they just doubled down on the weird skis. Well, they succeeded, my friend. You know, they actually did cut out a whole ski sequence. <laughs> skis, they skis. They were downhill it's really... skiing. <laughs> you were in a really goofy mood today, my friend. Who have you been talking to? No one. 
no one. I just uh, can read your emotions and you manipulating you. Will Riker and I are good friends. Uh huh. It was once a little more than that. Ah. Uh. Here, I'm gonna rub this beta Z oil on you. How come we're talking about me instead of you? Now she's rubbing his chest. Did you have enough people talk about their lives to you? Who counsels the counselor? Oh no. I want to know about you. I'm what you see right now. A psychopath. Just me. A okay, creepy so psychopath. So we have that scene. It's weird, and then a we creepy cut to near, ra- near we rapist. Cut to, we psychopath. cut to what I have to think is Brent Spiner and and Lavar Burton's uh, silliest acting moment. I agree, and also, frankly, I think one that doesn't. Here it comes. I'm picking up. By the way, imagine this like they're they're on a soundstage. The what? The fucking grips have thrown these fucking. Multicolored lights on this thing, and they're just flashing it into this tiny set. It's like there is there is no YouTube rendition of remaking Star Trek that is as bad as that shot. Oh my god, it's crazy! Like they are all higher quality effects, and they're, and it's even sh- being shook, and they're like yeah. shaking inside of it yeah. unconvincingly. Monitors are functioning normally again. Faringi Pod. Everybody in one piece over there. Our condition is no concern of yours, Enterprise Shuttle. We are competitors in this venture, not partners. Ferengi Pod out. Happy landings to you, too. Curious. We did Hmm. not land, Jordy. Why would you say that? We are not where we are supposed to be. What do you mean? We're on the other side of the wormhole, aren't we? According to the Barzan probe, we should be in the Gamma Quadrant. But these readings clearly indicate we are nearly 200 light years away in sector 3556 of the Delta Quadrant. Maybe the Barzan readings were wrong. Perhaps the readings were correct. Their probe could have exited the wormhole at a completely different location. Hmm. Data. My visor's picking up subatomic fluctuations. Oh boy, something's going Maison wrong. And lepton activity is definitely increasing. Actually, what he's detecting Repetition. is this scene. And wonderful. Is that end of that scene the one that where, where's the where's the joke about being stuck there together forever? Because that was just it's not a major thing, but when uh, oh when you'll they, have me yeah he says well you'll have me Jordy and then they do the slow burn from Jordy like oh boy that's gonna be the worst thing ever and then again is like. Jordy loves Data. That's an, an out-of-character moment. It's like different people made this episode. Yeah, I think it's later. Sorry, I'm shouting, guys. I'm not modulating. I didn't pull the mic away. And then they're just holding each other. Oh, they're stretching. So, they're stretching like dancers. All right, fair enough. Beverly Crusher's dance, uh, dancing... Has been established. ...is established. Okay. If, if not, at this point, it's certainly you know happens throughout the series so so far okay they're stretching uh-huh. next problem andy i'm gonna try to solve this problem for you oh if you want to defend this possible? then you can go back to the the shot of beverly bending over and there's a mirror behind her well right they had from to, the top of they the had scene. to throw this in the hallway uh-huh. you know, to they can't like build the whole new set 
What? What? What's so that they mean? just threw this in the hallway and put a mirror in the hallway, and now they have a. This isn't happening room. in a hallway. It's happening in a, a whatever. This is gym area, yoga room, or whatever. The this hell is the hallway, though. <laughs> like the set is the hallway, right? So what does that have to do with the mirror? They put the mirror there because they could just turn the hallway into a yoga studio. Oh, you're saying behind that I'm is just more saying of a corridor. Aesthetically, uh-huh. I'm just saying for the mirror is there in my mind. Yeah. For the purposes of dressing the hallway set to look like a different area of the ship. I don't buy that reasoning, but even oh, if I did buy that day, reasoning, then I don't did. have her bend over into the it mirror. Like How do you stretch? You stretch, I bend you, over all the time in front of mirrors. You could have had her face a different direction than the mirror. But if she's facing the any direction she faces, it's either going to be... You can move the camera even if there's a mirror there. I don't buy it. Another fella. They're just doing this to try to get some rating. You just love to watch this as a kid. <laughs> and you're defending them, putting these women in this lascivious position. Well, I mean, they're in space leotards. We know that because they're sparkly. That's that is true. That's, that, that's how you. That's how you know it's space fabric, right? That is, that is justified. <laughs> Took months to figure it out with him. Well, then maybe I should slow but down. But they could have just as a hundred percent. This scene should be in ten forward or her office in sick bay, without question. Like a thousand percent. You know, it'd be amazing as if she was. If they'd just written the scene and the header of this scene was that Deanna was bringing a psychological report to a to um, Crusher. Mm-hmm about some patient yeah and like just just like a header of that like right here's which the, would be interesting here are the files on, on interesting little protocol on, information uh, lieutenant astor yeah. right jeremy astor of course has been promoted to lieutenant by this point <laughs> it's still a child that's really <laughs> a fast advancement not let this thing get out of control nah. do you think that they when they finished filming that scene they were like super do you think they were sore or like super limber like were they were they actually stretching i mean they had to have been right my my guess is from what you're saying that gates mcfadden was probably someone who would do that kind of stuff dance or yoga or whatever she was a choreographer there you go so she definitely was limber didn't she do the choreography for dark crystal (laughs) we'd love it if that's true that is i think that's 100 percent true she used to work for the henson company really doing that's really interesting she has like she was like a muppeteer at some point (laughs) she has that kind of vibe somehow (laughs) by the way this 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 header of the ferengi hitting on this on this ensign i didn't see that is uh, and and she just goes uh no and she gets up and leaves there catch my breath i've gone back too far this thing get out of control nah I get no complaints. Actually, no. <laughs> I get no complaints. And she goes, no. I get no complaints. That's amazing. I want to look up that moment in the thing. And then he turns on this girl. Look. You got to hand it to Frangies. They really, they really honest, go for I it. I surprised to see the Caldonians here at all, Leor. You must think Caldonia very insular, Mr. Rob. Oh, no, no, not at all. All. On the contrary, I've always respected your world's commitment to pure research. It's just that, well... Go on, please. Well, scholars don't always enjoy administrative demands. Certainly, we've seen here that the administration of the wormhole is... Yes, I must admit, 
I have begun to feel some trepidation about that. Bingo. We got him. I'm sure you have. Like, oh, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm sure you <laughs> have. have. Boy, you are you letting me fuck with you? Sorry, I cursed. Can you beep that up, Matt? Can I beep? Oh, no, I already cursed. So that in the next century, the number of ships that will pass... Gentlemen, this open session is called by request of Caledonian delegation. Exercise room. The room is Madam mirrored, set up for Caledonia. exercising. Beverly is stretching as Troy enters late. Sorry. She's clearly up and bouncing. He does a liberating stretch and shakes with good feelings. Beverly has to notice. They begin stretching, etc., etc. I mean, did they just need the stretching room for the you seem limber tonight? Do you seem limber? Oh, tonight? yeah, you're unusually limber. She puts in quotes this yeah. morning. I'll say, Jesus Christ, I don't remember that dialogue. Well, that's the beginning of the scene. Yeah. Oh, Andy doesn't remember the dialogue. What was Andy doing during that scene that he doesn't remember the dialogue? I tell you what I was doing. I was being offended <laughs> on behalf of all women. No, I think you were on Amazon trying to order some space. <laughs> leotards. Leotards. <laughs> um, all right. Continue. I'm telling you it's changing. I can see it with my visor. I have no intention of leaving yet. We have not finished taking our readings. Listen, Doctor. Your readings must be telling you the same things we're getting. This is not the Gamma Quadrant. I will not confirm your speculations. This is not a speculation, Doctor. We are not where the Barzan said we should be, which would indicate this side of the wormhole is not stable. There are meson and lepton fluctuations. Local gravitational fields are increasing exponentially. Everything says we better get the hell out of here. It will be visible again in... 40 seconds. We will make our own judgments then. I can see it now, and I'm telling you, you don't have time to wait. Not even 40 seconds. Ferengi pod out. Damn it, Arador. We're 70,000 light years away from our ships. Come on now. Follow us in. We'll lead you. Idiots. Uh, channel's still open, guys. <laughs> We're not going with you now. Just because we're not partners doesn't mean you have to insult us. Aw, oh, Data, I thought we had turned off communications to be open unless I hit the button. I didn't hit my comm badge. <laughs> it's getting worse. I'm taking us in, Data, with or without them. Thrusters at half power. Three quarters. Entering outer event horizon. Who's in charge of that away mission? The chief engineer or the third in command of the starship? That was the thing that I was curious about. Whose away mission was it? So, so I think it was Jordy's away mission. Yeah, but Jordy's. Jordy's in charge. But, but Data you know, still. When Data, you know, when Data's in engineering, Jordy's in charge. Yeah, but they're in, it's navigation now. They're in a ship. Doesn't, the, doesn't Data outrank him? I mean, Data outranks him on board the Enterprise. So wouldn't he outrank him on the I think it's whoever's away crash? mission it is, right? No, that can't be. If Wesley's leading the away mission, then Wesley's leading the away mission. Is that is that the way it works? Isn't that the way it works? That's the way I think it works. That can't work that way. I if think Riker's it works on that the, way. If Riker's on the away mission, then he's leading the away mission. Yes, but Riker's not there. Yeah, but you. Well, yeah, but Data outranks Geordi. They panic. They're technically the same rank, though. Oh, They're are both they? Lieutenant commanders. Oh, well, that's a separate issue then. I thought that I thought that data. But right, there's a Jordy. bunch of commanders. You know what I mean? Like, so like there's oh com- yeah, yeah. Like a commander in charge of astrometrics who outranks data. Uh huh. Yet data is actually the third in command. Right. 
so it would depend on what the situation was. I just feel like in a in a it's shuttle. Very confusing. It is interesting though, because in that crisis situation, it would be hard to imagine Data making that command decision of take being taken into the sh- thing. I mean, that's a that's a that's a that's a hardcore command decision of we're abandoning this mission, we're going into the thing, yeah, for safety. It's sort of I feel like Data would maybe be a little bit anal about like first I'm going to finish my mission. <laughs> well, that's actually why I, I love their faces. <laughs> That is the greatest. That was that so. Was and that's how we ended. It's end so it. funny and dark that these guys are f- stuck. That is terrifying. That you're stuck. Well, you got that ship. You. I guess why Voyager was a great concept. Hope to run into Voyager. I need to go back and watch that episode, or wait nine years for us to get yeah. to it. It's just business. They're wearing robes now, and he's poking at it no, with she, a weird fork. she is not. She's wearing a like Why an evening dress. <laughs> That's true. She switched and into an evening is, dress. And he is wearing Guinan's, um, one of Guinan's robes. And by implication, we have to assume that they showered off all the oils. Oh, I thought the implication was that he had murdered Guinan and stolen one of her outfits. That is also possible. Certainly with the look in that, those eyes. The yeah, tablecloth is actually one of Guinan's hats. Has he admitted he's a Beta Z at this point? Yes. Beta Zoid? I think you don't tell them so you can gain an advantage. Scallop me, man. By using it with you, you didn't seem to mind that. Mm-hmm. Look, Deanna. The point of negotiating is to take advantage. I don't know what the other side is offering, and they don't know what I'm offering. So we dance around each other. Except for beautiful blue eyes and a part of hair that is straighter than the equator. Emotional states, their inner selves, and then using that to manipulate them. Well, people have been doing that for thousands of years, just by listening carefully, by by watching body language. This part. I just happen to be better at it. Did you say what? This part is bull. That is is part of his argument. You do it. I do it to help my crew. Not outmaneuver them. And I don't hide that I'm an empath. Oh, so you announce it to every alien culture you encounter? There's no time to do that. We do a lot of episodes. I mean, that would be so much useless exposition. Your side an advantage. Do you tell the Romulan that's about to attack that you sense that he may be bluffing? No, because I can't read Romulans. Or do you just tell it to your captain? And neither can you. No, she can read Romulans. Because she could can lead it. She leaded the, She could lead. Can lead. she? Remember when she? Can she? Well, she can't because she's. <laughs> everyone is humoring her, and she has no actual empathic abilities, which is why she couldn't read this guy. She's mostly human, so she couldn't tell that there was this guy was clearly doing something. That's a matter of protection. Yes, protection. I love the. Well, I do we, like this scene, by the way. I do too. Yeah, he, he, the fact that he wins the argument at the end because he makes a valid point. She does do kind of the same thing that he is doing. Um, oh, no, I like the scene between Riker and oh, him. I, I don't like the whole scene as a whole, but I like that his argument actually is valid, that she is yes. being a little disingenuous. I don't know what the episode's perspective is, like what the writer's perspective is on what Troy's being enamored of him, like how that plays into his abilities. Like... Did she really just feel drawn to this skis ball 
and then he read it, so he made all those crazy moves at the top of the episode, or was he manipulating her in some way, like like actually with his empathic abilities? You know what I'm saying? Oh, I don't think so. He was just reading her. Yeah. So Troy is totally messed up emotionally is basically what we're saying, but never addressing in this episode. In a way, she's looking for love. Completely in weird. all the wrong places. So weird. It's expedition. Like, fine, but then have make that the episode. Yeah. Well, well, well. That would not be looked upon favorably by the Federation, I'd imagine. You see, you have to be willing to take that last step alone. Or it just isn't worth playing. Your point of view, not mine. Oh, I see that, Commander. I see that. Otherwise, you wouldn't be second in command of this starship. Bullshit! You know, I feel responsible for you in a way. Where's your air horn? Deanna. We both love Deanna. Oh, in different ways, of course. This is a very crazy... I will remove that burden of responsibility. This is a crazy volley by him. My relationship with Deanna stands very well, on its own, without any help from you. Of course it does. Of course it does. It's just that... Well, she's a remarkable woman. Brilliant. Lovely. Very passionate. Dry feet, And she could have been yours, Will. But you just didn't do enough to keep her. And now, well... I'm here. And I'm going to take her, too. It's the first bad play I've seen you make. If you can bring happiness into Deanna's life, nothing would please me more. You know you're really not such a bad sword, Rawl. Except you don't have any values. Beyond the value of today's bid, that is. Deanna is just the woman to bring some meaning to your sorry existence, if you're smart enough to take it. I doubt that you are. To the last mile. Boom. Really good acting on Frakes. Pounds the synth hall and walks out like a commander of a starship. (laughs) Appropriate. Uh, Riker leaves feeling better than he has in days was the action. Well, he nailed it. Divinoni watches him unhappily. Glances over to see Gus. Now here's... At the table trying to pick up a couple of sexy crew women. Yuck. Sexy crew women is written in. That's what's written in. Sexy crew women. Uh And before it says that he's hitting on a good-looking Who's going down to casting to check out the sexy crew women? I am. Andy, (laughs) you don't even work here. Oh. (laughs) Uh, College Andy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited to work Uh, on the show then. Okay. Here's my favorite. Here's the wharf moment I enjoy. Signed a secret agreement with the Barzan. Oh my God! Not Wait true. a minute. The- yeah. At uh, Angle uh, and Goss at the table, trying to pick up a couple of sexy crew women. But as he sits, they exchange a look and leave. Goss is disappointed. Funny. Then Devanoni gets up and joins Goss at his table. Devanoni says, "Federation women have a game they call playing hard to get." Yes, I do not find it. Uh, not I do not at all find it amusing. On Chrysalia, the women outnumber the men four to one. They virtually throw themselves at your feet as Goss's interest picks up considerably. That's, what the what the F? 
The well cut scene. Goss is a hornball. And Devanoni is a, just a piece of dirt. He's a predator of yeah. mind and body. Boy, the actual Consider predator that he was or hanging around Premier in this Bavani, episode was much cooler guy. proceedings despite my better judgment. We will be ignored no longer. They fired a missile directly at the opening, sir. Here it is. Ready? This is the moment. Yeah. This is Worf, right? This is Worf trying to prove to Captain Picard that he doesn't always miss. Uh-huh. Here we go. Because there's no reason for the putting this thing on screen. He puts it, he says, on screen before he fires the weapon. It's crazy. <laughs> Here we go. Agreement with the Parsons. That is not true. The Ferengi offer was never seriously considered. Premier Bavani, welcome you to these proceedings despite my better judgment. We will be ignored no longer. They fired a missile directly at the opening, sir. Destroy it. On screen. Firing phasers. Maybe he was doing it because he wanted to see it himself. <laughs> He's got a tactical display in front of him. He was just like, kablam, look at it go. Oh, boy. Oh, now's my chance. On screen. Uh, uh, I mean, off screen. I missed it. Nothing the Wharfmeister likes better than watching a thing explode. Oh, boy. That oh. wormhole. I wish it was stable. Just oh. listen. Making it Western. Making the planet Barzon has reached an agreement with the Chrysalians for long-term control of the wormhole. Even his voice now, is weaselly. on behalf weaselly. of the Chrysalians, I'm prepared to offer the Ferengi free access to the wormhole in perpetuity. I have your word on this? Yes, my word, sir. In exchange for Ferengi convoy privileges to be negotiated in good faith. This is an acceptable offer. The Ferengi vessel has shut down its forward missile launcher. Stand down, red alert. Commander Riker. I'm sorry you had to learn about my decision this way. You represented the Federation well. But I have come to believe that the Chrysalian's tradition of peace is more desirable to my planet. This this dialogue exchange uh-huh. between her and Riker makes me think there was a whole sea story that was cut of those two getting it on. <laughs> it's possible. I'm sorry, Commander. <laughs> That's why Riker wasn't Excuse that upset me, about the Deanna thing. Yeah. Hey, I got my There's own stuff going on. You should know. I'm sorry, was there something you wanted to say? No, not at all. I sensed you suddenly felt uncomfortable. Well, after all, it was a very tense situation. But that's what's so odd. It wasn't tense at all. In fact, I sensed no tension from you or Gus. What? I, I was tense. I was ready to blow it up. What? I strongly protest. Screen off. That's a funny bit. It was as though you were performing a scene for all of us. Pardon me, Captain. I see there's a slight creepy conflict of interest. Slightly psychopathic. I agree entirely. Mr. Rall asked me not to tell anyone he has empathic powers, which he uses to. So I will not. There, Rall. Are you happy? I have not told anyone. Yep. <laughs> That's what she should do. <laughs> like a little, 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 little loophole. Yeah, Whoa. tough luck, pal. Loophole. You got sucked in. Loophole in the wormhole. Salience. <laughs> Captain, 
It's the shuttlecraft. They're coming back through. Shuttle 9 to Enterprise. On screen. Interestingly, Wesley's original line was just Captain. And it says excited. Shuttle 9 reporting and then, in. And then the, the internal. He does, he does this whole preamble. Like, LeVar Burton's like, just, I'm going to hang on, guys. I got this. This is how Jordy would do it. Well, Wesley only said Captain, and then Picard's internal, which is the, the, the reader, which is the parentheses that describes how, how he's supposed to say it, says, knows by the sound of his voice. Like, he's just had Picard deciding by Wesley going, Captain. And then he assumed that it was Geordi. Which is weird. Barely. And the Ferengi pod, Commander? Trapped on the other side, sir. In Delta Quadrant, we tried to warn them. They wouldn't follow us. Elaborate. Captain, this end of the wormhole is currently stable, but the other end apparently shifts positions periodically. The Barzan probe had no way to recognize this. Eventually, both sides will be unstable. It's a dry well, Captain. Worthless. Acknowledge, shuttle. Main shuttle bay. Prepare for final approach. Aye, sir. Captain, Damon Goss is demanding to know where his men are. Advise him to set his coordinates for the Delta Quadrant. He may run into them in 80 years or so. <laughs> Those people whose lives are Mr. destroyed. Rowe. Less if they're heading this way. Congratulations on winning the rights to the bars Half on the time. <laughs> I take True. the risks, Mr. Riker. And I stand by my agreement. That's Commander Riker. To the brig with you. What? <laughs> you can't do that. Yes, I can. This synth music tells me emotions, but I don't have any. They kiss, and uh, he goes. You don't want her last line? It's pretty cool. I'm not a counselor. I don't need them a counselor. I'm very grateful for what you did in a way. It's made me take a hard look at who I am. I don't like what I see. Neither do we, pal. I once asked you to run away with me. Now I'm asking again. I need you. You could help me change. You could you could be my conscience. Also, he didn't ask her to run away with him. He just did. What are you saying in the script? I already have a job as counselor. That was pretty good. That's her last line. Um, she says, Boom. "She says, uh, um, I want to ask you to run away with me. But in the previous scene, he didn't ask her to run away. He said, if he asked her to run away with him, she wouldn't come because well, she's... Andy, you got him. You got him. No defense. <sighs> yeah. Nailed it. Andy nailed it, everybody. I really did. <laughs> Boy. Oh, Secunda. Um... All right, let's just get to the thing. What's the thing? It's the end. What do you think? This is a tough one. This is a tough one? To decide who the MVP is because nothing happens? Oh, I think it's very clear who the MVP is. It's Riker. He steps in for the Federation mm-hmm. and loses the negotiation. <laughs> I was wondering where you were going with that. 
Jordy and David go to the Delta Quadrant and then just come back, so it has no bearing on anything. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I guess you could say well, they that find they find out that it's unstable. They find out that it's unstable, so I guess they do that. They don't save the Frankie, that's for sure. Um, I guess Troy calls out Devinoni, but it doesn't really have any bearing on anything because then it turns out that the wormhole is, is bullcrap anyway. Mm. Hmm. It's interesting to build a, an episode where the stakes are invalidated at the end. I feel like they do that a couple of times. It's very strange. Um, I don't know. Does anybody do anything in this episode? Riker. But he doesn't win the negotiation. And it benefits the Federation greatly that they didn't just oh. pay for a bullshit wormhole. You're saying he's the most valuable... For being the worst negotiator All at the right, table. you got me. That's I'm, what he is. I'm on board. Had he succeeded, sure. this would have been terrible. I don't know if that would that, that falls into most valuable. <laughs> Does it? I think you're most valuable. Sometimes you're most valuable being the least valuable. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like a, like a like a like a like an underpaid writer on a television show. You're the least valuable, but you know what? You're giving us more than our money's worth. <laughs> well, that's somebody who's still doing a good job, though. I think Riker did a fine job. He didn't do Thank a good job. God, he didn't win. That's not a good job if Had you don't he win. Not been an empath. He wasn't intentionally trying to not win. Had Rao, not uh, Rao. Had whatever his name is, not been an empath. He would have won. It doesn't matter. Andy, it's fucking Riker. The end of the story. Who, who do you think it would be? Picard's kind of, you know, to keeping the Maybe diplomatic Maybe it's Worf aspects. for shooting the missile down. I think it's Worf. I'm giving the point to you Worf. You can't give it to Worf. Why? He's the only one who did anything in this episode. Yeah, but the, the, the shooting a missile at a wormhole has no effect. <laughs> it would have done nothing. What? It doesn't it? Wait, really? Is that true? What would it do? I don't know. Even Picard says it would do nothing. Well, then why did he bother shooting the missile? To show them that they're not going to let him do that. What if it accidentally hits the shuttle? All right, fine. I'll give it to Riker then. Thank you. Uh, Time for us to tell people how many Andes this episode gets. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We sit and watch and then we hang and talk. But the podcast isn't over just yet. How many Andes does this episode get? I did not like this episode for various reasons. I think it's gross. I don't like the guy. Um, I like some of the negotiation stuff, and I like the Ferengi. I really didn't wasn't even that interested in Data and Jordy going off and doing stuff. Although I like ditching the Ferengi there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. hmm I'm gonna give it a two. That's exactly the right number. I was going to say 1.5, but... Yeah, I was going to say 1.5, too. I bumped it up because I shouldn't have. So it should really 1. be a 1.5. I'm going 1.5, too. 1.5. Yeah. 1.5. Try harder, Star Trek. This episode is trash, and I don't feel like they treat Troy's character no, well. No, they don't treat anyone well. And I feel like, frankly, if you're going to have her go toe-to-toe, just have the guy not be creepy, have him be legitimately charming... And then he wins her over, and then have her be stronger at the end. Don't have her be such a mush that she's kind of like basically letting him push her around until the last minute. I just found that there's this, uh, a lot of clips regarding... Also, you know what? I think they should have built more of a threat from that guy, that he was really becomes more of a threat to the ship, so she really has to stand up and stop him, as opposed to it being this kind of, you know, wishy-washy, like... 
her just sort of stepping in and the negotiation. Well, she puts thing. an end to the meaninglessness of yeah. the meaninglessness <laughs> of the meaningless episode. That's true. Okay. Okay. It's time for the trailer for next week's episode, The Vengeance Factor. And Andy, if you didn't like this one, buckle up. Oh, no. I thought we were in the clear. <laughs> no. Not, not yet. Next time on Star Trek The Next Generation, the crew fights to stop a blood feud between renegade clans. You people haven't changed in a hundred years! But their efforts are sabotaged <laughs> by a mysterious assassin. I am the last of my line, but my clan will outlive yours. And the crew is trapped in a violent path of revenge. Ambush! On Star Trek The Next Generation. You know that voice. Uh, that was Michael Dorn yelling ambush. No, I mean the girl's voice. I know that girl's voice. Um, I'll find out next week. The 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 the, the whatever. <sighs> I was going to quote Monty Python again with that first like guy's voice and say, "What an eccentric performance!" It just sounds pretty broad. But we'll see. What don't you like about this? Eh, we'll find out. What don't I like about this episode? Yeah. It doesn't matter. We'll find it next week. Uh, I was just listening to the flute that's somehow playing. Why, why is there a flute playing? I don't know. Andy, I don't know. <laughs> oh, are, are we dead? Oh, is that what just happened? Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Give me a second. Give me a second. Let me figure that out. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. These things go down. They go down. That's what the quote is. These things go down. These things they go, go down. down. I think it's Midnight Run, but but I'm wrong now. I mean, that is that is what that's from. But that's not what I'm thinking. Me. Oh God. Oh God. If you know, please don't write in. Uh, thanks so much for joining us, everybody. The Vengeance Factors next week. If you have any other episodes you'd like us to watch, deal with it. <laughs> We're going in order. Um, I guess we have nothing else to cover, right? I don't think so. Okay. Thank God, because I am gonna beam us out of here. Racking my brain. Soon oh, as God. I, oh God. Oh God. Damn, what Do you it? know what it is? If you know what it is, I'm never going to know because I'm out of here. I know it's a movie and uh, it's probably comedic. It might be like a Beverly Hills copy kind of uh, action comedy. Well, disengage. Are you thinking of Alan Rickman saying, oh God, you're one of them, aren't you? In Die Hard? That is what it is! Hey! I had to be oh, back to say that. Nice. Oh, oh God, you're one. Oh God, you're one. Yeah, oh, I can God. see that. I see that. You're one of them, aren't you? You're one of them. Oh God. Oh. Uh, there it Bill is. Bill Clay. <laughs> what a masterful performance. That guy was a genius. Oh, uh, good call, pal. Uh, good catch. I I'm trying to like I'm trying to find it if I can find it then. Oh God. Oh God. You're one of them, you're one of them. <laughs> Hans meets McLean. How you doing? Oh! Please, God! No, you're one of them, aren't you? You're one of them. No, no. Don't kill me, please! Don't kill me, please! Don't kill me, don't kill me, please! Whoa, 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 please, relax. Please. Relax, I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm not gonna hurt you! 
Great movie. If you haven't seen it, watch it. Oh, yeah, you should check out Die Hard. Die Hard's a good movie. Yeah, I feel like sometimes people haven't seen everything. <laughs> it's true. Like, if I you haven't like, seen Die like Hard. Like, I haven't seen uh, Farscape. Or Battlestar Galactica. I gotta go. Come on. Disengage. <laughs>